you noticed how Zara Phillips sounds exactly like her mother and exactly like the... They can't open their mouths properly. You feel like saying, come on, Zara, open your... Speak properly. A bit like that. A bit like a mother speak. They're all the same, aren't they? And the time you get down to poor old Prince everybody's exactly the same in the royal family. Nobody's taught to sort of enunciate properly so that you can actually understand what they're, uh, what they're talking about. So, anyway... So there he was, exposed yesterday on the television, as I was uh, saying on the programme. And that was the uh, the internet troll. Originally, at the beginning of the programme, we said, oh, it's bound to be some old woman. And, of course, within five minutes, we knew it wasn't. I said that, because it was it was bound to be. And then it turned out it was some bloke with, with uh, attention deficiency disorder. You knew it would be somebody with an illness. You knew it would be somebody with an illness, because nobody writes that kind of filth anyway. And so for the whole of the programme, we were talking about him. We had his phone number. We could have, I suppose, picked up the phone and spoke to his father, who appears to be the biggest dimwit under the sun. Because when the police contacted his father, he went, yes, he, he has been a bit of a trouble since he was eight. When it was eight, it started going wrong. He would turn up at the school gates and say to other school children, your mother's a prostitute. And you think to yourself, nice to know the father's there for his son. He says he doesn't need arresting, he needs help, because he won't take his medication. Well, that's why we need to arrest him. Arrest him and then force him to take his medication. But I know loads of people who don't do medication. But they, they found him, they've named him. He's 17 and he's a sad, lonely little person. And that's it. The majority of people who write that kind of filth have got some sort of illness. You know, they aren't normal people. They, they've got something that's missing. Friends, I think, in a lot of cases. They sit there all by themselves, typing in their bedroom. And they write it. And then, when, of course, the moment they get attacked, they start being rather nasty. And this one is particularly nasty. He wanted to drown Tom Daly. He wants to kill various people. The language he uses is just just utter gutter. But there again, I suppose, you know, if you're in the public eye, you get that kind of thing. But generally, these people have some sort of mental illness. There's something not quite right with them. And this one's been going wrong since he was eight. So they've known about it since he was eight. He's now 17. And he's still sitting there with no friends, writing bile. Bit of a shame, really, poor soul. But anyway, he was... Uh, I knew he wouldn't be charged with anything. You can't charge him with anything. Because he's, he's just not with it in the real world. You just have to say to him, if you do it again, you will be. OK, you've been warned about it. Now, don't do it again. Michael Phelps did very well. He's, uh, unfortunately, he's not British, which is a shame, really. But uh, it'd be rather nice to sit here and tell you that we won our fifth gold or something like that at the Olympics. But so far, we haven't. I had an argument with a friend of mine on the phone the other night. And she was saying, our gymnastics team did really well. I thought, well, to get a bronze... How's that doing really well? To do really well is to get a gold. She said, well, they haven't, it hasn't been, like, you know, our team haven't got that for so many years. I said, well, it's not the same team. Otherwise, there'd be geriatrics pushing them around in wheelchairs. It's a different team, and we still can't manage it. They've had all this time to get it right. She's going, no, you're wrong. I thought, oh, God, in the end, I thought, put the phone down, stop drinking, love. Makes it so much easier. But uh, we, haven't, we haven't managed it yet. Nearly got it with Zara Phillips, but we didn't get it. So hopefully we're going to get it. In fact, there are, there are predictions... I think from uh, from Russell Grant on who's actually going to get gold. So make a mental note of these ones, okay? This is what Russell Grant has predicted because he knows. No, he doesn't. He's just guessing the same as anybody else. Uh, Jenica Ennis, and uh, they say here her combination of luck and effort will bring rewards. Uh, Tom Daly, he will come out with a gold. Die Green. The pressure is on. He certainly has the determination and self-discipline. Is he destined for gold? Question mark. In other words, Russell's hedging his bets on most of these. Chris Hoy, fiercely competitive, but uh, he might use visualisation to great success. Victoria Pendleton, they say here some uh, intense ambitions. These are the ones who he thinks are going to win, win, will, that's right, win, will, win gold. And Rebecca Adlington, 
will play a leading role, so make a mental note of those ones. That's what we should get gold in. We won't, of course, because we'll lose out to other teams who are better. So when I was having this discussion with a friend of mine, and she was saying, but we've done really well to get silver. I said, no, we haven't. I said, no, we haven't. I said, to do really well is to get gold. The idea is to win, not to come second. Nobody wants to come second. That's a, that's a bit stupid, isn't it? It's like telling kids, you know, don't worry, you came fifth. And the kids go, yeah, it's good, isn't it? And, no, it's not. That's why we laugh at Eddie the Eagle Edwards, a failure, a dismal, dismal failure. And we seem to applaud them. The media pick them up and make them celebrities. And I said it'd be quite interesting to see how many celebrity interviews the Chinese diving team have done over the past three weeks. The answer is not one, because they're too busy concentrating. And she said, but that, but that makes Tom Daly good, doesn't it? Because he's sort of, he's a human being and he's got A-levels. I said, who wants A-levels? We're looking for gold medals. We don't want A-levels. Couldn't give a stuff about his A-levels. I might be fantastic later on. The man's going to make a million pounds by this time next year for all the endorsements. That's all it comes down to. It's how much money you can make at an early age. Whereas the Chinese have got no, in- no indication and no inclination of how much money they're going to make. They don't care about that. They're just doing something because it's been drilled into them since they were about three years old that you've got to strive for perfection and you've got to strive to win at whatever cost. Whereas our lot go, I think I'll go and have a kebab. You know, we all remember Jade Goody running the London Marathon. Night before, where was she? She was having a kebab and a curry. And you think, you're running a marathon. You quite, you just don't take it seriously. And that's why nobody takes us seriously in the world of sport. It'll be something stupid, like synchronised swimming will do well in. You know, over 22 nudist leapfrog. You know, backwards version. And anything that's sort of people you've never heard of before, we'll actually do it. I mean, I bet half of you couldn't even name the gymnastics team. Because you've got no idea. They just go, oh, that's the British gymnastics team. Who are they? Don't no idea. You've heard of Tom Daly, though, because he's been on the press all the time. Now you'll start hearing about the other ones. All we want, as the Sun said yesterday, we only want a gold medal. We're not asking for a lot. You know, you've, you've trained for it. and you're supp- But obviously we haven't trained well enough, I'm afraid. You know, never, ever had... You know, enough going for us, because there's no incentive. It's a case of, listen, you can come out of this, even if you don't get a goal, doesn't matter. Tim Henman never won Wimbledon. You know, Andy Murray will never win Wimbledon. It doesn't make any difference, though, because they'll all make an absolute fortune advertising washing powder or something like that, and that's what it comes down to. Why should you bother? Why should you bother? People go, Andy Murray, yeah, big saving grace, big and one diddly squat. Come on, you know. Uh, Other stories in the papers for today... Do like Jane Moore. We'll come back to her a little bit later on because she's talking about uh, Kirsten Stewart and uh, she's talking about uh, good for Anthea Turner for kicking out Grant Bovey. Grant Bovey is in the paper today out with one of his daughters for lunch. Blissfully, <laughs> couldn't, give a, couldn't give a forex about it. What makes me laugh, what makes me laugh about this whole Grant Bovey and Anthea Turner debacle is the fact that he's having to stay away and apparently he's living out of a suitcase. This is a man who's living in a £5 million house. As far as I'm concerned, it's their house. He goes back in there, he goes, listen, woman, you do what you're told, OK? I snogged her, who cares? You don't want it, you pack your bags and get out. Why should he have to get out? Since when, since when did Anthea Turner rule the roost? That's why I think it's contrived. You know, now conveniently a picture of him going out for lunch with his daughter. And you think, oh, you can afford to do that, can you? Well, that's nice, isn't it? Nice to know that, you know, a man who went bankrupt owing 50 million quid is able to go out for lunch. But now it turns out in the paper today, there's been a, a, been a twist, if you believe any of it, that he's known this woman for seven months. And apparently they were seen, you know, mogging seven months ago. Who cares? Who cares? I tell, you, I tell you what you want to do. Go back today, make the whole country cheer, pick Anthea Turner's towels up, shake them out, 
get all her clothes, throw them out the window and say, you get out, I'm moving in somebody different. You, you've had your day. And just get rid of her. Because it must be so infuriating waking up next to Anthea Turner every morning. The duvet's creased. You know, get the iron out and start ironing it. That would drive you mad, wouldn't it? It would drive you absolutely crackers. Somebody who is that anal about things. Put that cup... The handle's facing the wrong way, Grant. But as one of the papers said in, in, uh, about Grant Bovey, once a creep, always a creep. And he's never changed. He's just a creepy little person, I'm afraid. And so there's a picture of him walking down the road today, looking every inch, nobody, with the daughter. One of the daughters. This is uh, daughter number whatever... And uh, we don't know which one. It, oh, Lily, 20. She says, and she's tweeted, because they, they've decided to play this out in the media. I mean, you know, that's why you think to yourself, oh, go away, you dreary little family. Uh, my sisters and I love Dad and Anth. They call it Anth. Bit naff, isn't it? Bit naff. I'm sorry, it's old enough to be your grandmother. Uh, equally. Why would you want to tweet something that's personal to your family? You know, having already told us, Anthea Turner did the other day via somebody, you know, please, can we be left alone at this time? It's very difficult for us. And you think, so So one of the daughters is tweeting. Well, you know, should, would it not be best to have a sort of blanket ban, or is this a concerted family effort to try and put Grant Bovey up there with sort of all the rest of the slime who cheat on women, if indeed it ever happened? I'm not totally convinced anything's happened here. I couldn't, so he snogged somebody. It's after 12 years. I mean, good God. I mean, you know, you've got to have a little bit of uh, letting off steam, haven't you? When you go out there and you go, thank God, I'll tell you. It's nice to go out with somebody young I can have a chat with and flirt with. And also men do it because it means that somebody still finds you attractive. It doesn't matter whether you're married. And the majority of men, especially after 12 years, the 12-year itch, especially with Anthea Turner. I mean, after 12 minutes, you'd be fed up with her, wouldn't you? She's a little bit sort of twittering. It's a bit like that. She's a bit infuriating. She's a bit patronising. She's just a bit getting on your blooming nerves, I'm afraid. So, so, you know, if he wants to go off and snog some 24-year-old, good for him. Kirsten Stewart is a tart, though. Well, the difference is that they're not married. Kirsten Stewart and Robert Pattinson, who she goes and, and has relationships with, is up to her. Couldn't care less. Kristen. But, I mean, who she has... They're not married. They don't have any, any agreement, just has to be shacked up with, with Robert in his house. Well, she's not now, he's kicked her out. But, I mean, they're not married, there's no law. She can sleep with the entire road if she likes, she might have done, who knows? You don't know. I suppose, really, the fact she went with a married man, but that's up to his wife to sort out. Robert Pattinson, according to the papers today, wants to meet the wife of the bloke she was seeing, so they can sit down and talk. What for? What are you going to talk about? Yes, I know, it was awful. Has he cheated before? Why did he take my girlfriend of three years? Why Why did he do, why did he do it? And she'll go, I don't know. Goodness sake, he's like that. He's got children, he doesn't care about us. We just sit at home waiting. He used to be a very famous MP like that, actually. A very, very famous MP. And he cheated on his wife. And the reason he did was because he could, and women slept with him. And at the end, when, when, when he died, somebody said to him, why, why didn't you ever leave him? She said, because I loved him. And I thought, there's such a thing as stupidity. And you were it. LBC 90 LBC 97.3 London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen Morning 17 minutes past 4 Anthea Turner's issued a statement Wait for this one I'm heartbroken and devastated God we're all devastated Not surprised Anthea because he's a creep we knew he was a creep, and you must have known he was a creep when he cheated on his wife. I mean, did you not have any thoughts about her when you were cheating? Did you not have a thought about that? Perhaps not, so now you know how she felt. 
But anyway, uh, Grant living out of a suitcase. Albeit a very, very expensive, you know, suitcase costing thousands of pounds. And living in a very, very expensive hotel, no doubt, costing thousands and thousands of pounds. But don't worry, all recoupable when they sell their stories later, which they probably will do. Or failing that, you'll have the daughters who'll tweet the, uh, the whole action for you. We've been seeing Stroke talking to them through this difficult time. What's difficult about it? What's difficult about it? Man cheats on woman. Pfft, who cares? Okay. I mean, there's a story in one of the papers today that apparently lots of women will have unprotected sex this summer on holiday. Oh, my goodness me, surely not. This cannot be true. What, in places like Ionapa, in places like Bridlington, Blackpool, it's, I mean, we don't even bring Blackpool into it because that's standard for them up there. Nobody ever worries about that. Do you have any condoms? Sorry? Do you have any condoms? <laughs> Just had a kebab, I don't know. <laughs> No, that'll, they've got no idea up there. And, and even David says, I'm sorry to say, Steve, but I have to say it. We, the USA, are doing better than Team GB. Listen, a team of hamsters on wheels are doing better than Team GB at the moment. We're sort of getting there, we just haven't quite got there yet. And I don't know how long it takes to get a gold. As has been pointed out, being a member of the Magic Circle, I could probably conjure up a few gold medals. I know, but we just want somebody to stand there on the podium and get them, don't we? I'm still pinning my hopes on Tom Daly. I'm still pinning my hopes on that. But uh, for old Phelps to do that well, I mean, that is, that is some going, isn't it? They are Olympians. And somebody said, well, at least we're trying. And you go, listen, gone are the days of trying. Trying would have been 20 years ago. We should be absolutely super fit at the peak of perfection. But of course we don't, because we've got so much media in this country that people spend all their time talking to the media as opposed to doing what they're supposed to be doing and thinking about, you know, well, I can make so much money. Was it Victoria Edlington or whichever one it is who said she can't wait for the games to finish so she can get down and earn some money and be a media commentator? And I thought, so no, your your heart's not even in it, which is a bit of a shame, I'm afraid. Uh, I downloaded the music from the opening ceremony. I love the haunting song, Caliban's Dream. It was played when the teenagers were running with the flame towards the cauldron. I I downloaded everything. I downloaded absolutely everything. I love all of it, all of the music. But there was one particular track, which was the, the track that I, that I downloaded. I listened to it on the train going home yesterday. Oh, I knew I'd forgotten something. And I, I downloaded it listening on the, uh, on the train yesterday. And I remember thinking, that's one of my favourite tracks from it. Wait a minute, let's go back to the... Oh, dear, also. it's so awful, isn't it, when you can't find things and you sort of look down where it recently added. Here we go. Uh, bonkers. Actually, it might be Calibar's Dream. Might be Caliban's Dream. That could be the, the track, actually. Because I know it was sort of fairly down... The, it, it was fairly sort of at the top of the list. And you, I think it was Caliban's Dream from, uh, from this uh, album, which has topped the, uh, the iTunes chart. Music from the opening of the, the games. And it's really good, but you need to see it with the pictures. No good just listening to the music. You need to see it with, uh, with pictures. A lot of argument as well going on in the papers today about the carrier bags. They're going to charge you very shortly for carrier bags. I, I couldn't care less about carrier bags. Don't bother me. People who start worrying about the cost of a carrier bag need to get some life. Worrying about 3p or 5p. I pay all the time for carrier bags. I pay all the time. I have no problem. I don't have a Hessian bag. I buy a ca- I tell you what I do. I buy a 10p bag for life and I use it as a rubbish bin afterwards. Once I've taken all my, all my food out of it, I hang it up on a hook in the kitchen. I throw my rubbish in there. I'm not bothered about 10p for Christ's sake. I can't imagine why anybody in their right mind would be worried about 10p or 5p. But when it first came in, Nick Ferrari was the one who was championing. We shouldn't be paying for these bags. And then and certain people were going out there and turning the bag inside out. So they didn't have to advertise the supermarket chain. You know, like, like the person sitting on the till is going to worry about that. What are you doing? I'm just turning the bag inside out. Because I refuse to pay 10p and advertise your supermarket. 
couldn't really give a stuff, actually, love. You do what you like. You can stick it in your pockets, as far as I'm concerned. And so they don't care. So I, mean, I, I just went in there and I used them as rubbish bags. Waitrose are free, but you can have a bag for life. But they seem to have stopped doing those now. And now they've got those mamby-pamby, head-in-the-cloud, arty, crafty, hessian bag types. And frankly, and then the other people, the people that make me laugh even more because they really are the dumbest of the dumb, are the people who sort of shop in Marks and Spencers but pack all their stuff into a Waitrose bag. I mean, really, they are just too stupid for words. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you where they rank on the ratings of stupid, stupid, and then there's Jeremy Kyle. I mean, fancy going shopping in Marks and Spencers. Go, you, would you like to buy a bag? No, I have a bag here. And they produce their battered old Waitrose bag for the sake of ten... These are the sort of people who probably smoke and drink and they worry about 5p or 10p on a carrier bag. You know, Marks and Spencers charge 5p or 9p or 10 whatever it is. I don't care. Doesn't make a difference. If you can afford to shop in Marks and Spencers, why you'd worry about a carrier bag? God knows, but you'd, some people do. And then uh, the money goes to charity. Marks, they don't give it to local charities. They've got their their, their huge charity, which they, which they do it to, and all that money goes into there. And that's great. I couldn't care less. They're ripping you off on the Sunday papers anyway, so they might as well cheat you on the carrier bags. What's it? Yeah, still doing it. Still doing it. I had an argument with a girl on on Sunday. I had an argument on the till. She said to me, "That'll be." Um, £5.70. I said, I don't think so. So she said, yes, it is. I said, I don't think so. Prompting her to then go... Ugh. So she had to go back through the till. I said, there you go. What does it say on that one? That says a pound, and it's really 50p, isn't it? You know, well, I didn't know. I said, well, you should check as you're going... Th-. In the end, I only dragged her over the counter. The arrogance of this woman who said, well, nobody's told me anything, and I only work Sundays. I thought, well, you should know then. You should know about this kind of thing. Perhaps it's Marks and Spencers. I'd love to know how many thousands they've raked in due to that one. Because this is now week six, and that's only the weeks we've been monitoring. So that's three newspapers every week on Sunday from Marks and Spencers that they're overcharging you for on the till. Only a few of the staff are aware of it. The rest of them, the managers, tell them nothing, because the managers have got that much brain cell between all of them, I'm afraid, in there. It's terrible. Absolutely. It's pointless mentioning it because they just look at you like you're stupid. They don't care. But there again, Marks and Spencers isn't a supermarket. Waitrose is a supermarket. Morrison's is a supermarket. Marks and Spencers is just overpriced food, but it used to have a good reputation. But now, of course, the reputation is slipping somewhat. The crown has been tarnished, I'm afraid. Uh, Paul says, am I right in thinking that Grant's daughters, including Lily, were, according to an insider or close friend, depending on which paper you read, bleating about how they'd thrown a party when Miss Tippy Toes has chucked Mr B out of the family seat as a show of girl unity, and then tweeting how she was out and about with him? How convenient! By the way, cynic that I am, has Anthea flogged her new TV show to an English broadcaster yet? I don't know. It'd be funny if she had. She's with a new new TV channel, I think, at the moment. The trouble is, Anthea Turner is just a TV irritant. That's why. If, if they were interested in her, they actually would have put her back on television again. But the only people who she pitched up with were This Morning, and I think Richard and Judy, because I think they've been friends for ages, without realising that uh, both Richard and Judy, well, certainly Richard, are very irritating, and Anthea Turner's very irritating. I don't know anything about Grant Bovey, apart from the fact that he's, uh, he's a creep. That's all I can tell you about him. I don't know anything else. But uh, it's interesting how they were having a girly party, and here's one of them, Lily, with a face like a squashed tomato, going out for a walk with Daddy. Don't tell me she's taken the car as well. God knows this can't get much worse. But if I was Grant, I'd say, listen, we've got a £5 million house, OK, we've got a spare bedroom, I'll sleep in the spare bedroom. None of this dramatic drama queen stuff walking down the road to a restaurant. Would, would that be to maybe have a chat to Max Clifford about how much money we can make out of it? Who knows? It's interesting. Um, apparently, forget the 10p, think of the environment issues. Pfft, hello? Hello? 
Does it, listen, I'm recycling, you know, all sorts of things nowadays, but I'm really not worrying about it. I couldn't care less, actually, about a carrier bag. I couldn't care less it takes three million years for it to, you know, to buy a degree. I really don't care. I really not. What, why do I do what? Why do I buy the bag for life? Because it's the, because I always do a lot of shopping. And I, I don't want little thin bags breaking on the way out, so I buy the big bag, and it holds loads of rubbish as well. So it's fantastic. And it's 10p. Frankly, I haven't got anything else in Marks and Spencer's on their shelves that only cost 10p. I think a bag... Sometimes I buy two. Sometimes I buy two and split the shopping, because I'm so rich. I go in there, and I, if I buy three bottles of water, or four bottles of water, because I do buy water, I know it comes out of the tap, but frankly, I'd rather buy bottled water, because I've decided to save rivers. And uh, so I'm buying bottled water. It all goes back round anyway, and it's all recycled. We don't sort of waste it. Well, not, not too much. And then I buy two bags, and I split two bags in that, two, two bottles in that bag, and two bottles in that thing. So I don't really, it doesn't really bother me particularly. You know, that I'm spending 20p, because I've been through Marks and Spencer shelves, and they've got nothing. They ain't got nothing on their shelves that cost 20p. Waitrose have got far more things. It'd be nice if Marks and Spencer's was a supermarket, but it's not. I don't know what they clark. Perhaps it's just a food outlet. Because they don't, you know, they're, they're a little bit staid. And sometimes you go in there, and, and you, you've been buying something. What was I buying for ages that was particularly good? Oh, crispy beef in their Chinese range. They don't, they don't do that anymore. They've just stopped doing it. Basically, Marks and Spencer's sticking two fingers up at you and going, uh, well, it was very popular, but we're not, we're not doing it for you. You know, go whistle. And there was something else that they stopped doing. What did they stop doing? There was something else. And I remember, I remember asking somebody, where, where is that? And they go, oh, we don't do that anymore. I think it was, oh, well, I'll tell you what it was. It was a chicken and asparagus bake. It was delicious. It was in a creamy sauce with mashed potato on the top and a bit of grated cheese. You put it in the oven. It was wonderful. And then they stopped doing it. And you think, well, it's sold out every time. And also, I'm assuming that central ordering is kind of essential to Marks and Spencer's business. Their main depot is in Thatcham, down near Newbury in Berkshire. And I'd go in there and I'd say, oh, you've run out of this. Have you ordered some more? <clears throat> I don't know. Well, why don't you know? Is it on a computer? I mean, surely the moment something sells out, you, you then reorder it because it's obviously very popular. I'm assuming that's how it works. You know, you buy something. And it's, it's like you, you go into a shop. I know. And, I, and my, my big argument has always been, you know, you go into a shop now and you think, right, I've just moved into a new place. I want to buy a three-piece suite. And so you see a three-piece suite and you think, oh, that's not, I'll have that one. And they go, that's 14 weeks delivery. And you go, why? And they go, well, because we have to order it. And you go, well, I'll have that one. That, that's, that, that's the demonstration model. And you go, well, I'll tell you what, why don't you... Why don't you get off your fat bum and sell me that one and contact the manufacturer and say, you're going to go out of business unless you start making these things a bit quicker. Because otherwise, you, you, you go in America, anywhere in America, I defy you to get anywhere. You go out in the morning and you go to the big, the big mall, the, the big outlet stores, which are just on the outskirts of every town, especially around Florida. David Miles will tell you this. And you see a three-piece suite or a television and you go, I'll have that one. And they go, we can deliver it lunchtime. And they deliver it lunchtime. Over here, oh, we've got to make it. And you know how slow the Brits are at making anything at all. So my, my advice is get the manufacturers to pull their fingers out and start selling this stuff a bit quicker. Who wants to sit there for 14 weeks on bean bags? You know, it's not a lot of fun, is it? In America, you get everything. You can have a whole house outfitted in a morning. It arrives. You go to the, the shopping outlet, you go, we'll have that, 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 that. And they go, delivery in an hour? They load it on the thing and it's out with you. Here, 14 weeks by some disinterested salesman who's been in the job far too long for his own good. Should have been pensioned off when, when uh, we had the ARC. 
you know, things like that. You know, the animals went in two by two, but unfortunately not with a three-piece suite because it was a 14-week delivery. So you have to wait for all these. Why do we have to wait for stuff in this country? It's like coming on air in the morning again. The Steve Allen Show will be with you shortly. Not ex- we'll, we'll let you know later. We'll, we'll send you one of those cards. The Steve Allen Show might be with you next week. You'd be on the phone straight away complaining. It's LBC 97.3. It's only 4.30. He's Alan. One of very ungrateful immigrants I've noticed. There's one just coming to court. He's an Afghan. 20 years old. Came over here. And uh, we offered asylum. We were very nice. And then he decided to go rioting and thief from jewellers. So, uh, anyway, back you go. Amar Khan. Not a very good way to repay uh, hospitality by breaking into a shop. So uh, when he's been released from, uh, from a young offenders institute, we're going to send him off. When I, when I was in, um, on jury service, we had uh, a young asylum seeker who'd done nothing to repay the country whatsoever. All he'd done is been in and out of prison because he'd thieved and attacked people. And that's an asylum seeker. His girlfriend was in court to watch him being sentenced and burst into tears. I thought, well, he must know his track record by now. I do like the idea... Now, there's a girl here who says, I'm very sorry I've upset my family, but frankly, I'd rather be dead than call myself a gypsy. And this is another girl who's decided... She's not a gypsy at all, she's, she's a traveller. There's a difference. I have to explain the difference each time because it get, just drives me mad. The people you see on Big Fat Gypsy Wedding aren't gypsies. They're travellers, OK? They're completely different. Completely different. You know, gypsies, people, pegs, lucky heather, travellers, thieves. OK? Simple as that. And they have these terrible weddings. This particular girl here... When she was 15, some bloke came knocking at the van door and, uh, and wanted her to marry her. And she's going, I'm 15. Not interested. And so she fled the, uh, the camp. She said, I couldn't face living like a slave. I snubbed my dress. She told us how much her, her wedding dress cost. 16,000 quid. And you ask the question, don't you? The question you ask is, where the dickens do your family get 16 grand from? How much tax are they paying a year if they can afford to buy a dress for that much? Anyway, the, the wedding would have cost £250,000. <coughs> well, I mean, you don't get that honestly, do you? Anyway, she's decided to jack her family and she's told them to go whistle. Doesn't care. Uh, I fear for her. As she says, it, but it's very liberating making my own decisions. It is... Yes, it is actually. Arranged marriages are frowned on, frowned on, yet nobody bothers if it happens to uh, traveller women every day. One day I want to go to uni, because bearing in mind she'll have no education. Travellers have no education. They can't read or write, as we've seen from Thelma's big fat gypsy thugs. Sorry, uh, women who are learning how to make dresses. They all fight among each other. The language is atrocious. Awful, awful, awful. Uh, of course, today the exciting news is Dear Five... Of the, uh, of the fantastic Olympics, and uh, we've got the time trials. So uh, this afternoon, I think it's about 2.15, I think something like 2.15, Lynn and I will be heading off to watch the time trials, which we did. We went to watch the women's, and we went to watch the, uh, the men's as well. Bradley Wiggins going for glory again, and uh, we will be there. We will be there waving our little flag. Well, she'll be waving the little flag. I'll just be sort of helping her. And uh, so we're going to go and watch that this afternoon. And that's going to be... We don't know. We, we think we're going to go to Strawberry Hill because it goes up. So just down the road from us. So we, we can have a sit down on a bench and watch it going past, which we like doing. And it's going to be very exciting. So we do that. Uh, will today be the day we get medals? No. <laughs> you know, gut reaction. Will we get medals? It's nice to... I mean, I'm being positive. And people say, there's no point being negative. I go, I'm not negative. I'm quite positive. Today we will not get a medal. I think we might get silver. Silver. But you see, I don't see silver as being getting a medal. I want us to win gold. We should always strive for perfection. It's like coming on air in the morning 
You don't come on air and think, I think I'll do a lacklustre programme today. I don't think I'll be as good as I was yesterday. I don't think I'll be as funny as I was yesterday. I don't think I'll mention as many celebrities. You don't do that. You Every day you go and you do the best you can. If you're a bus driver, every day you go, today I'm going to be... I'm going to try to be nice to customers as they get on the bus. If you're a tube driver, you're going to be nice to people. You know, if you work in a bar, you're going to be pleasant to somebody. Because if you're nice to somebody, they're nice back to you. If you say to somebody, hello, you look nice today, then they're going to go, you think so? You try to get off with me. There was a dreadful programme on the television yesterday. It's an ITV cheap low-rent thing, and it's, it's a bit like Come Dine With Me, and it's where uh, women cook a meal for some bloke who comes round, and then... I don't know what happens after that. To be honest with you, I only watched a little bit of it. And there was this this woman in a tiny little flat with a little little table, and she'd made spaghetti bolognese. Well, she hadn't. She spent most of her time drinking. So the time the bloke turned up, who looked a little bit suspect, to be honest with you, a little bit too over-made up, I thought it was Jordan's makeup boy. But uh, then suddenly realised it wasn't, because he was a little bit more attractive. And didn't have as much makeup on as Jordan's makeup boy, who doesn't seem to be featuring on the programmes as much now. Maybe she's tweaked to the fact that they're milking it for all the publicity they can get and are trying to turn themselves into a pair of celebrities, which, of course, isn't happening at all. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. So I'm watching this programme, and, ha- and through the meal, this is in front of the cameraman. She said, they're eating spaghetti, right? She goes, are you trying to get me drunk and have your way with me? And he goes, uh, why? Do you think I shouldn't? Be- yeah. <laughs> And then laughs like that. And I thought, you've got the word tart written all over you. You make Kirsten Stewart look like the Virgin Mary. And Kristen, no, I don't like her. I'll call her whatever I want, actually. I don't like her. She's a tart, whatever she is. And so and so then he sits there and he goes, do you want to recreate the thing from, you know, from uh, that, that dog thing on Disney where they do the spaghetti? And so he takes this bit of spaghetti, ugh, 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 puts a bit in his mouth and a bit in her mouth. And then w- when eventually they sort of eat spaghetti, they start snogging. It was so disgusting. I mean, she really was an embarrassment to everybody. I mean, if I'd known they were putting these sort of pic... And then, then... I flip over this morning, and I'm... Was it... It must have been this morning. What was I doing? Yes, it was this morning. And it's something about our tranny's house, where they've got five or seven transsexuals, transgender people in a house. It's a lovely house. Looks like a mill house. I mean, it's really, really smart. And they've put them in there. The trouble is, with all these transgender people, they all look like... They, so, so the women who, who look like blokes look, unfortunately, like women. The, the the women who who were blokes before look like blokes with 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 bosoms and things like that. It's the most peculiar program. It really is. I don't know who commissioned it, but it's sort of very very odd. And I think they do it under the guise of let's change the stereotyping. Well, of course, I wasn't aware there was a stereotype, but I sat there watching this program, thinking you're doing yourself no favors. This is not helping the situation at all. There was only one woman on there who did actually look like a bloke, because what they do is they, they take hormone tablets, and then they end up growing a little bit of facial hair, and they think that all blokes... I've noticed that all women who change into men think that all men wear check shirts. He says, looking down at his check shirt today. I'll have to tweet that later on. And, and so that's why. So they all think they look like lumberjacks, whereas, of course, they don't. They just look like gay men who are really women. It's all very peculiar, the whole thing. 84850, uk, And uh, one that says here... Oh, I've lost it, actually. Wait a minute, it's gone the wrong way, this uh, this machine. Why has this machine gone the wrong way? Which is very... Oh, no, it's gone the right way. It's just uh, putting thing up. Point is to force people to stop using bags. If shop carries a levy, they won't stop. You drop by for a few essentials. You pay five or ten p. You do big weekly shop. 
And you take more bags. No brainer. I'd positively choose a shop that charges for bags, says Carolyn in Richmond. I don't think it's any problem at all buying a carry bag. I don't want people to make such a big fuss about it. It's a carry bag. How are you going to get the stuff home? They used to be free. Very shortly, you'll have to pay for them. You don't want to pay for them? Don't go shopping there. Stick it in your pockets. Nobody cares. You know, you can, I mean, I'd love to be a manager of a shop. Uh, yes, we do charge for carry bags, sir. Uh, yes. No, I couldn't care less whether you don't shop here ever again. Goodbye. That's it. Get, get rid of these people. Idiots. Idiots. Um, one here. We were talking about this uh, this uh, internet troll who's on all the uh, the television programmes and is in the newspapers today. He's got attention deficit disorder, which he's had apparently for since he was eight years old. He's 17 now. And, and his, his parents are well aware of it. Well, his, his father is. His mother apparently split up years and years ago. They don't seem to have very much to do with this boy. And that's why, at eight years old, he started being very difficult. He started coming up with things. He was put on medicine to calm him down. It hasn't made any difference. And he doesn't take his medicine now. So he, it, the whole thing has now got out of hand. He was arrested yesterday and he was cautioned by the police. And he's been told if he does it again. But the trouble is, because he's got an illness, he might do it again and not be aware he's doing it again. But that's the trouble with kids having computers in their rooms. They write all sorts of things. They go onto sites that they're not supposed to go on. You don't have to go onto the history to check. I bet there's loads of parents listening who don't even know where the history is in a computer to see what sort of sites they're, uh, they're young people. Because it's just too tempting, I'm afraid. Your hormones are racing around your body. You're sitting there in front of a screen. Anything can appear in front of you. And believe you me, it does on many occasions. So that's why I always say, always make sure if you've got a computer. I think the advice from, from all the experts is, if you've got a computer, have it downstairs in the kitchen so you can keep an eye on the kids so you know what they're doing. Don't want them talking to people on different chat sites and things like that because they don't know who they're talking to. And especially when you've got people writing this kind of language. I mean, quite clearly, at 17, he's, uh, he could be dismissed as being a little bit stupid, a little bit naive. The truth of the matter is he's probably very lonely. These sort of people who write this kind of stuff and use that kind of language are very lonely people. They don't have any friends. Their, their only friend is sitting on the computer pretending to be somebody else. It's, it's a little bit, uh, little bit difficult, I'm afraid, a little bit difficult to actually sort of try and sort anything out for them because they don't want help in many an occasion. Uh, 84850, uk or 08456060973. Are we going to get gold today? I do hope so. I can't believe that Phelps, good old Michael Phelps, has got 19 medals. 19 medals. Nice to see Tamara Eccleston reading a book. or She, she might be reading it or colouring it in. It's a bit difficult. To, of course, she's reading Fifty Shades of Grey. Quite clear. And here she is on holiday, because she doesn't really do anything, I'm afraid. She just sort of spends a lot of time shopping and doing things. And so, luckily, there was a photographer there to capture her in, in a bikini. And uh, this is after she kicked out Omar. She's 20-whatever-she-is, 28 and he's 38. He spent time in prison. He's not. He's a creep. You know, she's better off without him. But that's what happens in a lot of cases. Women don't kick out men who are creeps. And they should do. You should always get rid of somebody like that. It's not good. Oh, they'll change. Of course they won't change. Of course they won't change. That's the whole idea. Uh, and will you be watching? Are you watching any of the uh, Olympics? Every time I go to Waterloo Station in the morning, the crowds off the trains... And there's loads of people there, all wearing the Olympic outfits to direct people in the right uh, in the right direction. Where are you going to today, so and so? Go down there, get that platform, and that train will take you directly to it. And they've got about Waterloo Station must be about forty of them, and they're all over the place. And they've got maps and all the rest of it. And it's really good. It's a very very good service. I wish they'd have it actually. You know, every day of the week, as opposed to just the blooming Olympics. Because how many times do you stand there and you go, oh, I don't know where to go. I don't know what train to get. I mean, I'm all right. 
I know the underground fairly well, and I know, you know, I can read a map and I can do stuff like that, so I can get from A to B. But you do see people standing there looking just completely lost, so desperate just to get out of a train station, because there's so many... If, if you're taking kids up there today, it's, it's a bit daunting, because there's just hundreds and thousands of people coming towards you, just trying to get off the escalators bad enough. You know, trying to sort of find your way through the little sort of path. It's like weaving a, a path through a minefield. <laughs> it really is. It's just, it's just wonderful. I do like it. I do like it. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I like the experience of commuting. I just don't want to sit with anybody else, thank you very much indeed. Because <laughs> I know that they're all listening. I know at Waterloo Station they're listening. I know that there's milkmen listening. I know there's people driving bread lorries. I know there's Twickenham Station listening. I know that eventually... Goods the chemist in Twickenham will be listening as well, and probably the butcher's shop, and probably Michael and everybody else. I know people. I know what they do in the morning. People are people are creatures of habit, and today I will be out there, and I will be cheering on Mr Wiggins, and I hope he does well, and I'm fascinated by it. And I just love the idea that it goes near us. I haven't had to travel for it. It's just there. It's just there. Oh, it's dining date, says Duncan. Oh, isn't it the most dreadful thing I've ever seen? It is the most dreadful programme. I mean, that poor old witch the other day. I mean, what? what why would you admit on television, you know, you're, very dry, you're trying to get me into bed? And he's going, yeah, do I stand a chance? You're going, yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, dear me. Imagine she might advertise phone boxes, I don't know. Uh, Paul says, I want to go to bed, but I can't. I don't want to miss the rest of your show. We do do a little thing called downloading. We do podcasting. We have two podcasts on this programme. We have two podcasts. We have one which is a free podcast, which is ready for you every day about 5 to 7, which we record directly, we finish at 6.30. And then we have the programme podcast, which you can uh, download a little bit later on. You just go to lbc.co.uk. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Steve Allen Show. It's all terribly simple, you know. LBC 90s. 13, what is 13, 30, 30, yeah, 13 minutes to five. Oh, good grief, it's dreadful. 84850, steve at uk, And uh, it, oh, there was a lovely bit today. Where was the lovely bit? I, I did read this bit, actually. And uh, it was about Ollie Murs. And they've asked him, but it's, it's so funny because it's so telling. It's so telling. And... Um, this is... Oh, I've lost the blooming thing. It was, it was an Ollie Murs thing. I think it might be in Metro. And I, I, had, to, I had to save it, because... It, that's right. Have you had... Have you got any unexpected showbiz fans? OK. And he says, I did a gig in Glasgow. This is Ollie Murs. Wait, wait for this. It's, it's hilarious. I did a gig in Glasgow. My tour manager said, Susan Boyle's at the box office. We didn't have any free tickets left for the show. OK, we didn't have any free tickets left for the show and apologised. She said, that's fine, I've come to buy tickets. She bought four and sat in the audience. So they didn't have any free tickets left. In other words, they weren't comping anybody else. And, and they ended up, she ended up buying tickets. So in other words, it wasn't even a sell-out show. They had to, um, she just bought tickets but was able to get four, which is absolutely hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. I think it's fantastic. 84850stevedlbc.co.uk and we weave everything in. So it's dining date. Thank you very much indeed. I see Susan Boyle says Ian has brought out a new book. It's called Fifty Shaves a Day. I know. Poor old Susan Boyle. I mean, she's made all that money and still miserable as anything. Shane Michael Phelps doesn't swim for Team GB. We'd be first from beginning to end, says Joe. Oh, well, perhaps we might get a goal today with Wigo on the time trials. I think we might. 
I think we might, actually. I think it might be one of those, uh, one of those days. I, I don't know. Apparently, it's, if it's the programme, I think it is, Steve. The bloke or woman goes round to three people's houses, like a dinner date. They cook them, and whichever one they like the best, the show pays them to go for a slap-up meal. I mean, why... So, so you go for a meal with this poor old crone, whoever it is, and then you go for another meal afterwards. Oh, dear. Very naff, I'm afraid. Very naff. Uh, Grant had an affair with Anthea, so what does she expect? Once a cheat, always a cheat, says Michelle. Yes, it is true. Once a cheat, always a cheat. And, uh, and of course, he is a cheat. He is a cheat. Uh, 84850. Uh, Jane is an alcoholic. Uh, it's amazing, actually, how many... Uh, how many people are alcoholics who sort of seem to be listening at this time of the morning? And, of course, sad, sadly, Jane, Eddie the Eagle didn't make any money at all, I'm afraid. But never mind, love. That's, uh, that's drinking for you. It's an awful thing, I, I realise. Somebody said the other day, they were talking about George Best, who was an alcoholic. But they said he dealt with it quite well. He just carried on drinking. And some people would go, oh, it's an illness. We have alcoholics in, uh, in Twickenham. They sit by the riverside and, uh, and they just sit there drinking I don't know what they drink. Meths, I thought, or something like that. I don't. I don't know what purpose they serve. They just sit there and they dribble a lot, and uh, and they sort of. Uh, you see them sometimes on the station. There was a bloke yesterday got thrown off the train, and he was a bit worse for wear. He was a drunk, basically. That's not sort of mince our words on this one. He was an out and out drunk, and uh, and the the guard from another. He said, "Oi, you come here. Wait, wait, wait. Show, show me a ticket. Show me a ticket." And he said, "Uh, ticket. Come on, off, off." And so he then called for backup from the police on the... Uh, pla- He'd obviously just hopped on and off trains. He just went from one train to another and went to sleep on it. Because you get that, don't you? Because uh, they, they don't bother buying tickets or contributing. Morel says, not only is Michael Phelps an amazing Olympian of our era, he's gracious in defeat when he lost one of his races to the South African swimmer. Not forgetting his gorgeous body. Hold yourself back, dear. That's why you're single. Don't, don't, don't get too excited. They're only swimmers. A lot of them shave. A lot of them shave. You know, and uh, and use creams and stuff like that. Uh, Steve, I've only been awake five minutes and I've not stopped laughing yet. That's what we like to know. Um, Mike says the profit from the M&S bags go to charity. Yeah, so? What does it matter any difference? It's only going to be a few pennies. It still goes to charity. They sell millions of these bags. And also, why should we worry about what big companies do with their money? We're going to start looking at some of the other companies don't do anything with their money at all. Uh, another one here says Team USA came by private jet. Team Japan flew business class. Team France travelled by Eurostar. And then we get all the other ones, thank you, who use their Oyster cards. Thank you very much indeed. (laughs) I love my Oyster card. I absolutely love my Oyster card. Lee enjoyed my impression of Zara Phillips. But have you noticed, if you listen to that, if they play that again on the news later, you listen... Steve, says Raymond, wasn't it a naked Joan Crawford to Steven Spielberg? I sleep with all my directors. Maybe Kirsten Stewart's carrying on the tradition. <laughs> Actually, no. I tell you what happened with uh, with Steven Spielberg. He he talks about it as well. He was due to be working with Joan Crawford, and she did sleep with just about everybody. There was not many people Joan Crawford didn't sleep with. Let me tell you, she was a bit like sort of a latter day. I don't know. Actually, I can't think of anybody a latter day. Whatever. But anyway, he apparently turned up at a house uh, to have a discussion about a film, and she was wearing. She opened the door wearing a see-through nighty. And he said he got a little bit frightened because when, when Joan Crawford became famous, as you probably all well know, she'd made quite a number of pornographic movies and the studio had to go round and try and find as many as possible and buy them up, lest they saw the light of day. But then, of course, as... Um, who was the other one? Who did she work with? Betty Davis. They hated each other. 
hated it on whatever happened to Baby Jane. They loathed each other so much that, uh, that when you see the venom coming out, it was true. They absolutely hated each other. Betty Davis, of course, who it was said, was the only person, because she was so unattractive, who never, never did the casting couch route, route, whereas so many Hollywood actresses did. In fact, I believe at one of the studios, I can't remember which one it was, they used to have a bonk break in the middle of the afternoon so that the head of the studios could bring in his favourite starlet. And uh, if you wanted to make it in the movies, that's what you happened, uh, that's what you had to do, I'm afraid. <laughs> but, uh, but it is good, actually. When you get Zara like that. She sounds just like her mother, just a slightly younger version. <laughs> uh, now, of course, there's all these talks about drugs. Leslie in Fleetwood says, I record you on Sky. Yes, lots of people do that, actually. But you can, you can podcast. If you just go to lbc.co.uk, you can podcast this programme. It's very easy. Thousands and thousands do every day. I'm delighted to say that in the league table of most popular podcasts in the history of the English-speaking world, we're up there with the rest of them, let me tell you. Over in Orlando, David says, we've just bought two recliners. They were in our house within the hour. Thus proving that when you go to America and you want to buy something, you go... A friend of mine uh, just bought a new house out. Your, your sort of neck of the woods, David. And uh, he went out, he saw the three-piece suite and the television and the sound system, and, and he said, that, that, that. And they said, what, when do you want them delivered? And he said, um, well, like, when? And they went, well, within an hour. And they deliver them within the hour, and then they get onto the manufacturers who send them another one, and they put that in the showroom, and that's how it works. That, that keeps people going. Not this rubbish that you put up with over here, 13 weeks delivery. So as you say, you bought two recliners, we'll have those two. Right, they'll be with you in an hour. They put them on the lorry and it's, it's there. It's constantly trundling around, delivering furniture to people. Only in this country are we so stupid that we put up with having to wait for things. Well, have a new kitchen fitted. When, when will that be? <sighs> well, November. Sorry? November. It's like, that's why we have all these dreadful programmes on, on the rogue traders, people who promise to come back and do things for you, and they never do. Once you've lost somebody from your house, a workman, it's very difficult to get them back again. Very, very difficult to get them back again. Um, 84850, steve at uh, Another one here. This is from... This is from... Where's this one from? This is... Um, Phil says, Susan Boyle bought four tickets. Has she put on a lot of weight? I was amazed, though, that an Ollie Murs concert, you could actually get four tickets, but they didn't have any freebies. So, in other words, they weren't even prepared to comp Susan Boyle. Isn't that dreadful? They weren't even prepared to comp Susan Boyle. But, uh, so, so they didn't. Uh, transsexuals wear check shirts. And men who look like women pretending to mean men. This is, uh, this is obnoxious and offensive. Well, there you go. Unfortunately, it's so true. So true, I'm afraid. <laughs> and uh, this is from Andy. Hey, Andy, how you doing? Love Andy, actually. And, uh, of course, I'm paid for doing the programme. What do you think? It's free. It's not hospital radio, dear. <laughs> of course you get paid for doing it. Uh, 84850, uk, And uh, you can take it to the bank. The men's time trial will be GB first and second between Wiggins and Froome, says Tom in Canada. You think it's worth putting money on? I don't think, no, I can't encourage betting. We're not allowed to encourage betting. We get into trouble for encouraging betting, so uh, I won't. But, I mean, I would like to think that that's what we're actually going to get. I would like to think that's what we're actually going to get. But I have a a sneaking feeling we might get, what do I think? We're going to get silver. I think we're going to get silver. I would like to think that we're going to get silver. Oh, I hope so, anyway. So today, Wednesday, August 1, 
Men's and women's individual road time trials. Bradley Wiggins going for glory again. Week and a half on from the Tour de Force, along with Chris Froome. Emma Pooley and Lizzie Armistead go the women. Uh, gymnastics, it's the men's individual all-round final. Rowing, the women's pairs final. Uh, the men's eights final. Canoe slalom. I love watching the slalom yesterday. thought that was absolutely brilliant. Springboard final, Chris Mears and Nick Robinson Baker going for Britain. Yet to medal here in London's diving pool. And uh, it's the men's 200 metres breaststroke final, uh, plus the women's 4x200 metres freestyle relay and the women's 200 metres butterfly final. In tennis, it's the mixed double starting. Andy Murray teaming up with Laura Robson. Football team GB versus Uruguay. Ryan Giggs. Have you noticed how Ryan Giggs is all, all of a sudden accepted back into football after his, let's just call it, misdemeanour? And, uh, and now he's leading his team to a crucial game against uh, Luis Suarez and Uruguayan Cardiff. Uh, basketball, Team GB versus Russia. And in hockey, Team GB v men v South Africa. This is our second win we're looking for here. And, uh, and also, the Mayor of London, Boris Johnson, is meeting groups of young people from Newham at the Olympic venue XL, enjoying the sporting spectacle of the Games for free. They're among 95,000 London schoolchildren who got free seats from uh, from the Get Set tickets, Ticket Share Scheme. Not easy to say at this time of the morning. So that's, so that's the stuff taking place today. So it's going to be very busy. Just so I'd remind you, it's going to be VV busy out there. Uh, 84850, uk or 08456060973. Hello Magazine, says Noreen, had a, a good feature on the Olympic ceremony. If you buy it, you have to suffer the Saturday's girls' wedding. Uh, which is good, and uh, hope all goes well for Brigitte today. So, good news there. Uh, Dornim Ryslip. I was talking about Professor Green's name. You said it's really probably something quite like Rupert, which of course it isn't, it's Stephen. And it said, how did you get on with your parcel from Yodel? I didn't. I didn't get the parcel from Yodel. I came to the conclusion it was a hoax card. It was a way of design to get money out of you by calling a premium rate number, which they leave you hanging on the line for ages for, because nothing has come back. They didn't bother sending another card, so I'm assuming they're either the most incompetent company under the sun, or it was a scam. So uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't have it. I have nothing to do with Yodel ever again, but you know, as far as I'm concerned, um, I know photographers can be uh, not saints because Russell was given community service. The question on Russell Brand given community service was, what's community service? He's been given 20 hours. We didn't know that was it was knitting or helping pensioners across the road. Who knows? News at five is next. On FM, on Steve Allen. Forgot to mention the pinch and the punch for the first day of the month and no returns. Because it's the first of August. Just realised it's my brother's birthday at the end of this month. <laughs> More expense. It's always expense, isn't it? Uh, how the mornings are drawing in, Steve. There's already that cool nip in the air. Do you know, it is definitely harder to get up in the morning. I bought a new pillow yesterday. And, and I went out to John Lewis. And uh, I quite like John Lewis, actually. I'm quite sort of wandering about looking at things. I can't believe the difference in price of pillows. They had one pillow at £12. And they had another pillow at £60. Now... As far as I'm concerned, if you're buying a pillow, you need to see what it... I can't really tell what they're like. And I buy a pillow, and then you buy the cover that goes over it. And then, of course, you put the pillowcase over the top. That's just just what people do nowadays. Some people don't. And so people think, oh, I'll buy the cheapest pillow possible. But it's, it's really a bit false economy. You want a... Uh, you want a, a pillow that's going to support your head. So I bought this pillow, and it's quite nice. I put the, the cover on it. My God, it's, I tell you, I sank into the middle of it. I sat... My whole head sank into the middle of this pillow... And, uh, and as a certain lady upstairs will tell you, you know, your head hits the pillow now and you're out. 
you're out for the count, and you and you sort of. I woke up about halfway through the night, and I suddenly realised because I'd gone to bed last night thinking, oh, don't worry, it rained a bit yesterday. Perhaps the baskets won't won't have dried out just yet. The hanging baskets. So I'm down to at the moment one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven hanging baskets. I'm down to at the moment. They don't look half as good as Sandy's, the fishmongers. I have to be honest, their, their display outside is quite good, but they seem to change it on almost a weekly basis. They sort of plants die, they take them out and put different ones in there. And it, it does look very good. And so I was, I was out there and I thought, I've got to get up earlier this morning. So half past one, I got up and I'm out there watering at, uh, at half past one, thinking, at least I've done it. I'm going to go back today, I'll give them, a, give them another sort of little, little dose of water, just to keep them going a bit longer. But you're quite right, it is definitely, it was, it, it, it was definitely... You know, getting chillier in the morning, which means that you're going to climb out of bed and think, oh, dear, I could just turn the alarm off. You know, you get that extra ten minutes. People around here do that. They get the extra ten minutes or the extra five minutes. Anyway, Neil is looking forward to uh, sunny Florida. Sixteen of the family are staying at the Disney Grand Floridian Resort. He said, I can't wait. They've got sunshine and everything. He says, "Uh, are you having your bacon roll with Lou today? Uh, No, probably not today. No, we we, we definitely can't afford to do it every day. (laughs) It's too expensive every day. <laughs> uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, steve, when you were talking about the uh, the transsexuals, this is this new programme on Channel 4 where you've got people who... Um, it's male to female and female to male, but all of them, you can tell, you know, that they were male or they were female. And they're obviously exhibitionist types because they want to appear on the television. And it's got nothing to do with an understanding because we've got somebody on Channel 5 at the moment in Big Brother who is quite vile, quite vile. And then you've got these other people. We've had various cases of this a while ago. And in fact, when we used to have our studios in Hammersmith, over the road from us was a shop that dealt with clothes for transsexuals. So they had shoe sizes, women's shoes in sizes up to, I think, 13 which seemed absolutely enormous to us. But uh, it's the crying game, says Joe, with actor Stephen... Is it Stephen Rea or Stephen Ray? I can't remember how you pronounce his name, actually, now. He took home what he thought was a woman, only to find out it was a transsexual. Yes, we remember that one very, very well. Very, very well indeed. Uh, interesting, after the, uh, the person was arrested the other day, this is for tweeting offensive uh, remarks to, uh, to Tom Daly. Not just offensive, downright filth. I'm afraid, downright filth, quite clearly somebody of limited intelligence. Melanie Phillips asked the questions, can it be right to arrest somebody for a Twitter insult? And the answer is yes, absolutely. You might not charge them, but you certainly scare them a bit, and most of these people get scared. The moment you, you bring the police in, they get very scared, and they, and they run about like little girls' blouses. And this one here, because now he's actually been found... And we knew, we said yesterday on the programme, that he's obviously got to have some sort of illness, and he's got attention uh, deficit disorder which means that he's, uh, he rants and raves about certain things. We've seen people like this before. It's used as an excuse in a lot of cases. His parents don't seem to have anything to do with him. He's 17. He's lonely. He spends a lot of time, you know, in front of his computer, and that's when he gets himself involved with these, uh, with these websites, and then he writes abuse to people, and he thinks he's being very clever, but, of course, he's not being very clever because the police came in, and they've uh, questioned him, and I think they've basically said that if you do this uh, again, you know, there will be trouble. There will be trouble here. Make no, make no bones about it at all. Uh, on deliveries, said Keith, uh, it says here, uh, on delivery, bought my dad a recliner in May, delivered last week. They held the cash and interest on the 900 quid through two months. Good Lord. And, uh, <laughs> you see, interest, he said, I was about to turn your radio off the other day, then suddenly he said, I just got it. 
I know. It, it, takes a, it takes an intelligent person to understand it, I'm afraid. 84850, steve at uk. Everything woven into the programme this morning, apart from internet trolls. We don't deal with internet trolls. We pass your number on to people of a higher standard. Uh, steve, I thought you bought loads of memory foam pillows not long ago. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get on with those at all, Well, I really didn't get on with those. They were really, really bad. Really bad. So, uh, there you go, Lorraine. Oh, you're having one of your good days on your medication, are you, today? That's unusual for you. <laughs> uh, another one here in the front of the mail today. One misplaced step bought her hopes of gold crashing down. This is Zara Phillips. It was so funny when you heard her talking. I'd never actually listened to Zara Phillips, but they all have... They seem to talk through gritted teeth. It's obviously a trait of the royal family, because they all do it. William and Harry don't do it, but then their mother didn't do it either. But if you listen to... Uh, to uh, Prince Charles, he does like that. And Prince Philip is exactly the same. Princess Anne, and then you've got Zara Phillips, is exactly the same. I suppose, you know, people end up talking like their mothers, but at least at least we got something. Of course, was High Kingdom. I didn't think some of the uh, the barriers looked particularly high. I don't know what the rest of you thought. I thought it looked a little bit, little bit sort of like the easy-peasy one. Easy. I mean, I could do this. I used to do eventing. You know, I used to ride all the time. I used to ride here. We used to ride out in Huntingdon. I love riding. Absolutely loved it at all. Loved it to pieces. And I'd love to do it now. It's just that, I don't know, you kind of look at it and think, I'm really not that bothered about it. So, uh, well done. And uh, Mike Tyndall, you know, gave her a hug. And there's a lovely picture of, uh, of Camilla. Camilla getting really excited. <sighs> yeah, woo, woo. She whoops and hollers with the rest of them. And a sharp intake of breath from Kate, who is absolutely stunningly beautiful. Is it my imagination, or have we stinted on the flowers for the Olympics? Little tiny bouquets. Any other country, when they do flowers, they get, like, armfuls. Over here, a little tiddly-piddly bunch. And they're supposed to hold it and try and look butch with it. Very funny. Very funny. 60,000 seats, ladies and gentlemen. 60,000 seats are left empty every day. VIP guests have shunned their freebies. I mean, at the uh, Tunisia-Serbia men's volleyball yesterday, I'm sure people would have loved to have been there. Empty seats. Rows and rows and rows of empty seats. Isn't that appalling? Ordinary Londoners would love to go to some of these things. I'm quite sure that ordinary Serbs and Tunisians would love to go there. But uh, people obviously didn't. And everywhere deserted. Where's the boom that we were promised? Where is the boom? Where is the generation? There's going to be thousands of people flocking to the shops. Nope, flocking to the train stations. They go to the train stations and then they vanish because they don't go shopping. So they've taken a picture of uh, the Westfield Shopping Centre at Shepherd's Bush. Empty. But then you you go there midweek and and most of the time it looks like that. Then they've got uh, the approach to the Blackwall Tunnel. Virtually deserted at rush hour at 8.13. Britain's Oxford Street. Deserted. Not a good time to go shopping. And in Covent Garden, empty tables and chairs. Spitalfields Market, normally packed, empty. I think because all the people are at the events, aren't they? They're not going shopping. I mean, I don't think that we're going to go, oh, it's the Olympics, let's go shopping. I don't quite see that. I'm thinking, it's the Olympics, let's pretend we're sick and go and sit in and watch something. That's how it, that's how it works. I didn't, I didn't think there was any, uh, any other sort of way round it, I'm afraid. And they've got all sorts of things. Which is sort of, you know, people are saying, well, you know, we've got this business. Over at Stratford, I've spoken to people who've actually got businesses out there. And they're saying, we haven't noticed an increase in business. People come in, they go in to watch an event, and they come outside, then they go home. So what, what, what they're not doing is actually staying in the... Well, why would you want to stay in Stratford? I mean, it's, you know, it's not exactly... You don't think to yourself, we'll have a day out in Stratford, do you? 
I've never thought that. It's nice to visit, but then you kind of leave it and then you, then you come home again. Uh, Boris says, I'll take Murdoch as my guest to the games. That's what he said as his personal guest. The mayor accused of appalling judgment. No doubt Nick Ferrari will be talking about that later on this morning at seven. And uh, the swimming pundit Ian Thorpe, according to Jan Moyer, is uh, fluent and interesting. Because there she was again pitching up Claire Balding doing the women's swimming the other day. I mean, is, does she ever stay at home? And then I flipped on the television this morning, and on Channel 4, there she is doing a programme about disabled people. It's almost like somebody should say to her, listen, stay at home. We love you to pieces, but don't overkill it, OK? We'd rather you stayed at home, you know, and had some nice quality time there, as opposed to coming out and sitting in front of the cameras. And I mean that in a caring way. Uh, Eris Tamara Eccleston, according to Sandra Parsons kicked her ex-convict lover into touch. How he was ever allowed to get anywhere near her, I've got no idea. Uh, after her parents were sent a video showing him in a sordid sex act with somebody else. Anthea Turner has kicked out husband Grant Bovey, who left his first wife for her because of his affair with a younger woman. Good for them. The only surprise is that neither women saw it coming, says Sandra Parsons. Both men were creeps. Once a creep, always a creep. And, of course, I mean, I'm thinking that uh, Anthea, who's the moment. It's all very traumatic for her and all the rest of it. Even though, you know, because I mean, I think everything in Anthea world, in, in Anthea Turner's world, is all sort of lollipops and pink ice cream. I don't think she's actually encountered people being horrible. I don't, I don't know how we cope with that. That's what I think is quite funny about Anthea Turner's world, that it's so, so far removed from everything else that everybody's got, that she really believes that people do worry about how to fold towels and how to throw a perfect dinner party. Whereas, in fact, she's just an ordinary, ordinary, very ordinary person who's just a little bit, little bit irritating, I'm afraid. Unless, of course, you think differently. 0845 I see complaints are up about uh, 22% in a year. That's care service. I don't know if you've got uh, elderly relatives in care homes. Are they good? Or are they not? Because most of the uh, complaints... I mean, we've just got a new one opening up. Well, it's not called a care home. It's called... Um, it's sheltered accommodation. They, they knocked down a very ramshackle old care home in Twickenham, which every time I drove past only had a lot of elderly people sitting in chairs in a sitting room, you know, in various states of sleep. And uh, it's been knocked down. And they put up this super noob thing now. And I think it's for retirement people. Who went, and there'll be a matron on site and stuff like that. It looks quite nice, actually. In fact, it looks very nice. Quarter past five. <laughs> News headlines with Sam Pittis. Claims of match-fixing are being invested. This conversation with Steve Allen. 18 minutes past five. News just come in that Gore Vidal has died. Gore Vidal was the American author, the playwright, the screenwriter and political activist. He was, um, well, loosely called bisexual. I think he was the first man to, and had one of the first American novels which featured homosexuality in it. And uh, he died. He was rumoured to have had an affair with, I think, um, Joanne Woodward. I think Joanne Woodward, he had an affair. I'm pretty certain, actually. That's before she married Paul Newman. She married Paul Newman. And then he had a a long-term partner called Howard Austin. And I think, because Austin died in 2002, 2003, and I think they've actually got a plot for themselves at Rock Creek Cemetery in Washington, D.C. So he's died. He was 86. He was 86. He was very, very famous in America. And his his sort of name, you will go, oh, yes, Gore Vidal, but you won't really know what he's famous for. He's famous for being a a screenwriter and political activist and an American author. He ran, I think, for political office twice. 
and uh, and has been a, a long-time political critic. Interesting man. 86, Gore Vidal. News has just come through that he's, uh, that he's died in America. 84850, uh, Let's Take some more of your texts and emails. Uh, Phil says they probably use Claire Balding a lot because she's good and they don't have anybody else who can do the job. Well, I have to be honest with you, I, I agree. I mean, she is good. She does know what, what she's doing. She, she's what I call a mainstream lesbian. She's, she's fantastic. I think she's, ab- I think she's amazing. She's so good. It's just, I don't want to see her on the television all the time. Because I worry that if they use people all the time, I think she's, no, not Fern Cotton. We don't like Fern Cotton. She's not a mainstream presenter. She's just a very, very amateur amateurish girl presenting. I mean, she. if you look at Claire Balding, who knows exactly what... I mean, can you imagine giving Fern Cotton anything to do with horse riding? Whereas Claire Balding can talk about horses and knows everything. I mean, she's an absolute... She's a, she's a delight. I mean, she really is a delight. She looks fantastic in her clothes. She's a larger woman. She's not a slim little thing. She doesn't, she doesn't seem to worry about things like that. Her hair's nice. I just like her. I don't know why I like her, because I'm, I'm quite fussy about commentators on the television. Because some of them come over as smug. She doesn't come over as smug. She comes over as being somebody who knows exactly what she's talking about. She does her research. And that's what I like. Whereas Fern Cotton just sits there and thinks that if she twitters away about nothing, <clears throat> in particular, it, it will get her somewhere. Whereas she's never had a programme that's rated. She's never had anything at all. It's like, um, it's like you know, if you, if you look at the amount of people doing the commentating for the Olympics. I mean, on some of the sports, three people... Three people. They've got that Matt bloke from the one show who's... Oh, dear, sometimes it's just so dreadful. Oh, I know, it, but that was donkeys years ago. He's been a Blue Peter presenter since then. And he's just irritated. That blooming accent gets on my nerves. I can't bear foreign British accents. It's horrible. These these regional accents. Way a pet and all that kind of rubbish. Good grief. Give me proper, proper English, ladies and gentlemen. Proper English. Like Zara is speaking on the television. That's proper English. None of this way a pet and, you know, a bake a groove and all that kind of stuff. We don't want that kind of... Language. Nobody wants to talk to these people. It's not their fault. Uh, 84850, uk. Pam says, please, 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 Steve, tell me why anybody would go on embarrassing illnesses if they were at all shy. They're not shy. They're show-offs. They want to share their illnesses with people. <laughs> people are even at the Olympics working from home or have gone on holiday, says Martin. And Steve says, all those empty seats and yet the competitors' families have to try and buy tickets. Why didn't they get free ones? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I am watching it. I do like it. Uh, 84850, steve at And Joe says, re-pillows. I bought some pillows, 50% each, duck and down. Medium support. Hez does sink in, but still enough support. Great sleep. 30 quid each. <gasps> 30 pounds each. And I watched the swimming today with the lovely Mark Foster, sex on legs, and Claire everywhere balding, and Ian Torpedo thought both good analysts made for TV, especially women, couldn't resist it. Yeah, I mean, she is good. There's no doubt about it that Claire Balding is very good. I like various people. I'll tell you what I'm, I'm quite taken with as well. I think it's... Is it the country house rescue woman? I think she goes along. People have got big country houses, and then she tries to help them into saying, well, listen, no, it's not Sarah Beanie. No, no, no. It's, it's some other woman. And she says, listen, if you want to make money out of this house and keep it going in the family, you need to do this, you know, let it out, have, have art classes. And they're families who've lived in some of these houses for donkey's years. And, uh, and they haven't really, you know, got, got sort of the right idea 
about how, how to look after the, the property. So she advises them, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. You know, which is, you know, it's always good, though. Very entertaining. All these people living in these wonderful, wonderful houses. And Karl Lagerfeld has been a bit rude about uh, Pippa Middleton. He said she should only show her back. Really, she shouldn't show her face in public. This from Karl Lagerfeld. Hmm. Interesting. I don't, I don't quite see that, I'm afraid. I don't see that at all. But it's, it's, it's always very, very interesting to, uh, to, uh, to look at. I can't believe he's actually said it. He said, she has a nice silhouette and she is the right kind of girl for that boy. This is of Kate. He says, I like that kind of woman. I like romantic beauties. On the other hand, her sister struggles. I don't like her sister's face. She should only show her back. It's such a great quote, isn't it, from Karl Lagerfeld, a man who should really only show his back as well because you don't really want to look at the face. It's not the uh, not the kind of thing that you want to do. It. And you know, how many days of uh, <coughs> excuse me, how many days of our lives do we spend moaning? Hundred and seventy. Hundred and seventy days of our life we spend moaning. The average person spends fourteen and a half minutes offloading problems and gripes on friends and family. However, replaying our worries and whines helps relieve stress levels over the country. Yes, I told you. I told you ages ago it was the best thing to do. Moaning. It's only people, you know, and I love people that moan. Little Andy has been moaning this morning, you know, because that's what he does. He can't help it. It's not his fault. He's like that. And um, uh, Andy is asking, because he speaks about himself in the third person, why Luke the transsexual is vile. Have you, have you obviously haven't watched him? You obviously haven't watched him at all. He's a, he's a stick a knife between your shoulder blades kind of person. Oh, vile, vile. In fact, even the girl who came out last week said, didn't want anything to do with him because he was so vile. You must watch the programme. You must do what I do. You must sort of watch a lot of things and then it makes you better educated and then you can comment on things. That's why he's vile. He's a nasty piece of work, I'm afraid. Very nasty piece of work. He's on there. But then we got the... We lost Maeve Binchy the other day as well. Maeve Binchy went. And I interviewed Maeve Binchy a few years back. She was lovely. Absolutely charming. 72. Ginny Cooper said she was a darling. She was so kind and so funny and so captivating. But that's Ginny Cooper. Ginny Cooper thinks everybody's wonderful. Ginny Cooper is just such a nice person. <laughs> And how many tablets is our GPs dishing out? 47 million. 47 million prescriptions every year. And the one thing that we sort of worry about is sort of things like Prozac, because people aren't as happy as they should be. And I always think that if you start going on Prozac, you end up in a, in a really terrible place. Because I don't like any of these sort of drugs. Any of these drugs that claim to take you out of something, uh, unfortunately don't. So lots of people go to their GP and go, oh, I want some Prozac, I'm feeling depressed. They're not suffering from depression at all. It's just that they're just not very good with coping with day-to-day life. And so those sort of people need the crutch from the doctor to help them through. And doctors are having to say, no, I'm not going to give you tablets. We're not going to give you tablets for that. And so then people become violent and become abusive. But the whole idea is you don't want to give people loads of tablets. Tablets don't solve the problem. You have to sort things out for yourself. But uh, unfortunately, nowadays, it's so easy just to go to the doctor, get a load of tablets, and then sit at home in this stupefied state. doesn't help. And then you end up like that 17-year-old boy writing that stuff to all those people. I mean, a sad, lonely person, no friends, no family, become isolated. Computers make you very isolated. Before, people had to have a conversation. Now people sit on a computer and pretend to be different people. And, uh, and the police are dealing with more and more of these, these cases. But it's very easy to find them. You know, your, your IP address comes up straight away. People can find you. It's just not difficult. You know, and either there were two girls who they had a hoax call the other day, and I forget where it was. And it was some, somebody pretending to be a three year old girl and saying her, her mummy was, had fallen down and was very ill and all the rest of it. 
And you think, oh dear. I mean, the moment I heard about it, I thought, no, because the, the moment the police said they couldn't find this this woman, she didn't appear on the electoral register. You knew it was a hoax. Two ten-year-old girls had wasted police time. They'd phoned up two ten-year-old girls. I mean, what sort of families do these children come from? Answer: They come from the lost families. They had a girl on the television the other night, 12 years old, quite a nasty little piece of work, and she was in a home where they were trying to do something for her to help her find her life. And her mother quite clearly didn't look as though she could care or even cope with this 12-year-old reject from society. And it turns out it had gone through the whole family over the years. It had been her and then her mother before that and her mother before that. And so you get 12-year-olds now who are so foul-mouthed that you almost step back in amazement and go, I can't quite believe I've heard this from a child. So when you get two 10-year-olds... Anyway, the police found them. They found them and they uh, they went round and interviewed them, which must have frightened the life out of them. The same with this little 17-year-old boy who's got the attention deficit disorder. Just the police going round. If he writes anything else, they will arrest him and he will, he will, he will go into a, a young person's institute. They'll give him all the drugs there, so it'll be fine. But uh, you, have to, you have to stop these, these people because if they're like that as children, they're only going to get worse. They're only going to get worse as adults, I'm afraid. Um... You were asking, says Paul, why it's quiet. Well, I know lots of my friends who would normally come down to London for weekends haven't bothered due to the games. In fact, there's so much dithering about opening the theatres, which also didn't help. Don't forget, this has a knock-on effect with restaurants, clubs, everything. Why, play inf- why pay inflated hotel prices only to find the main reason for going there isn't open? On the plus sides, when the game's finished, there'll be such a glut of empty rooms to fill, the prices will come down. Well, at the moment, we've got loads of empty rooms. It's not difficult to get hotel rooms in London. It really isn't. People were saying, oh, it'll be really difficult, but apparently it's not. There are loads and loads of empty rooms because I think they were expecting lots of people, but I think people are staying, pardon me, outside of London because it's obviously cheaper to stay outside of London, so they put the hotel prices up and it's backfired. So you can get some, some good deals at the moment if you're thinking of coming to London. Just don't, just don't be up the first thing in the morning because it's just a wee bit busy. Just a wee bit busy in London, especially on most of the main train stations. And well done to uh, Michael Graver. I'll tell you why Michael Graver is a bit of a hero in a moment, but he's 71. He admits now he's mad as a brush for doing what he did. But he makes all the papers today because he did something which was of benefit to the community. I'll tell you about his story in a moment. 84850, uk or 08456060973. All to play for this morning on LBC. I'll give you a rundown on what's happening with Nick Ferrari's programme coming to you live from Leicester Square after the news at 7, but the time now is 5.30. With Steve Allen. Morning, early breakfast, LBC 97.3. It's nice to have your company. Trust you are well. I hope it's going to be a bit better the weather today. I think it's going to be all right this morning, and then in this afternoon it's going to rain a bit. So you just have to just have to put up with that, I'm afraid. Uh, read the Olympics and the price exploitation. An associate of mine went to Wembley last Sunday, says Vincent. An associate of mine. Does that mean a friend or a lover? What's an associate? To see uh, Team GB in the football prior to the match, went for two pints of lager price, 18 quid for two pints, and to top it all, served in plastic glasses. Seems fair enough. We've been to London before. Two pints, £18, quite normal round here. And plastic glasses, of course. You don't trust people with glass. Heavens above you, don't need washing up. Anyway, here is the story of Michael Graver. Michael Graver, 71. He's a hero. And uh, he was in Bury St Edmunds. And uh, he was on his way just to do a little bit of shopping when he saw some people robbing a jeweller's shop on a moped. On a moped. We've seen it before. We had this in, uh, in Richmond only a short while ago. And anyway, in scenes described by police as like a cartoon, he tried to shove one moped over. 
He's 71. Okay, so he's pushing the moped over, and then he chased one of the thugs into the shop and grabbed the bag of Rolex watches from him, which is fantastic. He actually grabbed the Rolex watches back. And so £22,000 worth of watches were all saved. And they've jailed the robbers. The robbers. And they've gone to prison for, I think, about... uh, he was given... What did they send them for? They all, nine years. All are from London. They got nine years each. Which is good. Dean Armstrong, Charlie Kavanagh, Jed MacDonald and uh, George Paget All admitted conspiracy to rob. They're only 21 and 20, but uh, they'll be spending a long time in prison now. And uh, Dwayne Marsh, 34, denied the charge, but was found guilty after a trial. Uh, Kavanagh, MacDonald and Marsh received six-year jail terms at Ipswich Crown Court on Monday. And uh, the other ones, Armstrong and Paget, nine years, all from London. And Mr. Mr. Graver got £500 out of the public, uh, public purse. Woo! Fantastic. Well done there. So, and, and they got the watches back as well, which was even nicer. Even nicer. 84850, uk, And uh, Raymond says, if Russell Grant can predict our gold medals, well, he hasn't got them right yet, uh, why does he choose one favourites or world champions or former gold medalists? Shouldn't he predict someone he doesn't fancy for medals in archery, shooting, fencing or sailing? Uh, well, I mean, you know, people, I mean, I, I can say we want Tom Daly to win a gold medal. Based on previous form, he should do OK. But looking at the Chinese and looking at the Mexicans, they're far superior. They're far superior. I mean, everybody just seems superior. Well, they, they seem to put more effort into it. Our lot do it, and it, it must be very difficult. You get carried away with all the publicity. So, uh, I don't know. Is it Alex Polizzi who presents Country House Rescue, says Sue? I've got no idea. I just know it's a woman with sort of a bobbed hairstyle, bad teeth, and she wears a lot of sort of what I call country-type clothes. Uh, but I've got no idea who, who she is at all. I'm afraid. Uh, Joe says, I didn't know that Gore Vidal was married to Joanne Woodward. No, 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 they weren't married. They went out before she married uh, the famous one. And uh, one here that says, Steve, I've spent, it's my first day off today, uh, having spent three days as a games maker at Greenwich Park. What a fantastic experience. I've been working alongside the Army and Navy at the venue entry. And on Monday, when we had nearly 50,000 people arriving for the cross country, we were getting them through the arches and their belongings through x-rays in six minutes a person. We've got 40 entry lanes. I'm loving the experience. I've had my photo taken with Mike Tyndall. And yesterday managed to see some show jumping after my ship, shift finished. I feel proud and privileged, and the other games makers are a lovely team to work with. Only seven more shifts to go. I'll be sorry when this amazing experience is over. Please say hi to my fellow Facebookers. And that's Jan in South Norwood. So everybody enjoying it. Everybody enjoying it. Uh, Mark says, Zara um, Phillips may be able to ride the um, GGs, but she can't um, talk for Toffee for Britain. Um, well, I mean, um, I think it's a case of... She's, we don't hear her talking very often, do we? We don't hear her saying anything. We don't, you know, it's... And that's why, when you do hear her speaking, Ruth Watson... No, she's that... Is, are you sure it's Ruth Watson? She's got... Oh, Christian said it's Ruth Watson. She's very good. I do... She sits there and she, she's quite... She's quite matronly in sort of a way, but she's, she's explaining to these people what to do with their... That's her, that's her, it is Ruth Watson. Oh, well done, Christian. Huge round of applause to you. There you go. You get a special chocolate bar from my top drawer later on if you're very good. Only if you're very good. No, 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 no rolls for you today. She's not... But she wears what I call these sort of country clothes. Although well, probably nobody else would call these country clothes apart from me. It's for people who live in the country, they wear clothes. Otherwise they'd be naked. Um, 
And she, she's very good on the programme, and she's offering advice, but some of these people just react very badly. When she says, oh, I think you should do this, and they go, hmm. They obviously don't want people coming into their houses, which is quite funny. Looking at the papers this morning with Nick Ferrari, David Wooding, former political editor at the News of the World, will be live in the studio. And, uh, and also we'll be looking at the fact that we've slipped down the medals table. Uh, are, we, are we just being polite hosts, or are we just slow starters? Well, it's no good being a slow starter. I've had this discussion with loads of people over the last few days, saying it's no good. People go, oh, it's great. I said, just in an argument with a friend of mine. Oh, it's great. We've got bronze in the gymnastics. It's lovely. But we want gold. We don't want to set. Why would we want to second settle for third when, you know, when we, we're going for gold? We're supposed to be going for gold. We're not going for, let's see if we can just get a medal. No, 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 no. We, we, we're going for something quite serious, I'm afraid. Something for very, very serious. So, and, you know, and, and to get silver and gold, lo- lovely though it is, it's not what we're about. You don't think other nations are coming into the Olympics to go, let's hopefully we go home with a bronze. No, of course they're not. They're going there to go home with a, with a, with a proper gold medal. So Nick will be talking about that. Also, this young boy, he's still stranded in Saudi Arabia. We did this story a few weeks back. This is the, the boy who has developed a fear of flying. He was all right to start with. He's flown in and out of Dubai numerous times. Now, all of a sudden, he gets to the airport and he just put, completely goes to pieces. So they, they're trying to get him back by another way. And at the moment, they're not having much luck because he won't... I mean, I think it should be like the A-team when Mr T was there and he didn't want to fool. He didn't want to fly. So they gave him a quick injection put him out and then put him on the plane. And then when he came to this end, they brought him back round again. And that could be a way of getting this boy home. Overcome your fear of flying. Because people do have a fear of flying. I've seen people up at Heathrow Airport and they sit them there and they, and they start shaking. And mind you, the cynical side of me goes, oh, stop putting it on. Just sit in the seat and shut up. But they don't. Some people are terrified. People are scared of pigeons. I'm only scared of pigeons if they're alive. If they're under the wheels of the car, I'm not really that bothered, actually. The more you can get, the merrier, as far as I'm concerned. And they had a, a thing on the television the other day about all these pigeons in London and how much it costs to clear up the mess and, and the loonies who feed them. Ugh, dreadful. Plus, we're talking about good manners. We do do good manners. We'll talk to Andrew Jackson this morning with Nick Ferrari, founder of the Good Manners UK campaign, because it costs nothing to say thank you, you know, goodbye, hello, or even failing that, my worst one is when you let somebody out of a junction and they don't acknowledge you. I generally mouth words in the windscreen at them like, I hope you have a nice day. <laughs> I don't generally say that at all, I'm afraid. But you do get that. I nearly killed a woman the other day in Brentford. This woman just stepped off the road, stepped off the pavement into the road. She wasn't even facing the traffic. She just, and she was only young. So, of course, I braked. Luckily, I was always only doing the speed limit. I only do the speed limit in town because I know what it is, and, um, and I, I wound down the window and said, you were very lucky that time. Next time, you might not be so lucky. And um, I think she suddenly appreciated, because people just don't look nowadays. They just step off the road. Suppose you come from another country. They just step off the road, don't they? Step off the pavement into the road. Uh, Roger Black, uh, LBC's Olympic correspondent, will be giving us the, the update. But uh, we do need to grab some medals you know, we do, it, there's no point in being nice about everything and saying, oh, this is good and that's good. We just want some gold medals. I don't know what the answer is, but I, I, I want them, and I want them fairly quickly. So that will be very good indeed. Uh, plus, um, it'll be the, uh, the lady talking about... Oh, she's quite sceptical, is she? This is the 11-year-old boy who can't fly home. And this lady we're going to talk to this morning with Nick Ferrari, Joanna Moorhead, 
says that none of her four children have phobias and cannot see her family making space. Does have a level of scepticism about this. It's interesting because he's popped up on the television. In fact, I'm looking at him now on the, the television. And they've got the boy's father. He's quite a big lad. For, he's bigger than his father for his age. He's only 12, isn't he, or something. He's up, it, it, he looks bored out of his mind, mainly because they're sitting in a studio in Dubai and they can't see anybody, so they're just staring into a camera, poor souls. But there must be something you can do about people who have phobias, especially on flying. I know there's lots of, lots of help out there. So if you have a phobia about something, do let me know. 0845 6060 973 or 84850 or stevedlbc.co.uk. Uh, Mark the bailiff is off out this morning. Must be lovely travelling around London when you've got the blooming Olympics on, trying to repossess stuff. But uh, still fun, I bet. Uh, we're down in London for the closing ceremony, says John. We booked the hotel, Steve, online way back in May. Not having to pay up front, we were able to cancel up to 24 hours before the day. So last night, after seeing the news, we just did that. Booked the same hotel through the same website and got it for half price. Yes, I mean, it's, it's well worth... There's such bargains out there, John. Absolutely. It is. It's bargain city. Ruth Watson did present Country House Rescue, but it's now presented by a man, says Beverly in West Trayton. A man? I don't think... A man? What, on the television, presenting? Good heavens above. Good heavens above. A man presenting on the television? Oh, we don't want that kind of thing, do we? That's no good. We don't want that sort of thing. And uh, there we are. So, here, Claire... Says they have a man presenting now. He's not great. He's very dull and boring. <gasps> he's not that bloke who's off this morning, is he? He's the Welsh bloke who got dumped by Channel 5 because he was so dull. He's all teeth and unfortunately believed his own publicity, which was very sad. Um, another one here. Uh, I'm a... I'm a, a games maker volunteer. Oh, that's Larry. Larry, apparently, is a, is a games maker volunteer working as a driver at Excel, and I can categorically tell you that the uh, that the transport department in charge of drivers is bending over backwards to make sure we're all happy. Whoopee! And feel like we're part of something great. They've even managed to convince one of the Sainsbury's supermarkets in Eastham, in East Ham, sorry, Eastham, to allow us to park our cars there if we have a late shift. And every time I arrive there to park the car, there's always a brand new BMW waiting to ferry me to Excel to go and start my shift. So there you go. So well done to everybody there. That's a waste of money. A <laughs> um, lot of people saying, can we, how many gold medals do we think we're going to get? I did predict at the beginning it would be 26. Do you remember? I said 26. I, I thought we would get in total 61 medals, 26 of which would be gold. I'm now going to backtrack a little bit on that. And if we manage to get five, I'll be averagely happy. Quarter to six. <laughs> News headlines with Sam Pittis. A 56-year-old has been arrested. Morning, 12 minutes to six. Funny letter in the paper yesterday says, Mark, why aren't Johnny Foreigner going slower so we can win a gold? Well, they are in some of them, aren't they? Very slow. They're just not in the Olympic spirit. I know, they should be realising that, you know, because we're hosting the Olympics, because we're actually hosting it, we should be, you know, we should be fine. And we should be winning gold medals. So can they go slower? Winnie went to the Horse Guards Parade yesterday for the beach volleyball. Even though we had a bit of rain, a fantastic experience and atmosphere all round, saw four matches, including Italy versus GB. GB lost. I know. It's not, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. And I don't know whether or not it's our, you know, it's our media that go, oh, you're going to be a star, Victoria Pendleton, and you're this. No, just concentrate on what you're paid to do. Makes it so much easier. She says, by the way, the idiots with headphones on who walk around in a dream are my pet hate. Nearly every day I encounter at least one person who walks straight into the road without looking. I know, idiots. Absolute idiots. Mind you, the people, I think, are the funniest. 
are the people who walk off a train in the morning. And I see it every day. I must take a picture this morning, I think, of somebody and tweet it. And it's... They'll walk towards you reading a book. They walk towards you reading a book. And you think... (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) As if. As if. As if. Still on the tablets, do we reckon? <laughs> so, so people walk towards you and they're reading a book. Now, I, my, in, my gut instinct is to trip them up. That's what I want to do to them, because I think you can't be that dim walking around reading a book. Ridiculous. Somebody wrote to me earlier on saying they've got a, um, a phobia about moths. So Nick will be talking about phobias this morning. I bet he'll find, I bet he'll find somebody who's phobic about pigeons. I know that I encountered somebody on the train the other day with a phobia about washing. And, um, and that, that was quite bad. And there was somebody in Marks and Spencer the other day on the till who quite clearly had never heard the word deodorant. And that really annoys me more than anything at all. I mean, it's not that expensive. Sometimes you see... Have you ever seen people going into Boots or Chemist and they just go and, and they pick up deodorant and they go... Tss, tss, and, and, they, and then they walk out. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. I saw a woman yesterday in Boots and she was putting on some... some she, she'd opened a little pot of cream. She's putting on some eye cream. You think, dirty person, dirty person. Uh, I'm going to the handball on Friday at the Olympic Park, Steve. That's from Cat. So have a nice time, Cat. Thank you for your first email of the day. A little bit later than usual. There you go. We don't mind. Just bring a letter from your mother next time round. And uh, Brian Sewell. Brian Sewell has savaged the opening of the games. He says, I've never seen so much money spent on something, and uh, most of it beyond my comprehension. Once we'd moved out of the agrarian culture into industry, I was done for. And he says, when Paul McCartney came on, I made a cup of tea, and I thought, who's that old crone? Turned out to be Paul McCartney. We just love Brian Sewell. We should have had him doing the, the, doing the commentary for us in Dale's programme. And now Brian Sewell will run through the opening ceremony of the Olympics. It would have been so funny. There's some people dressed as nurses or something. I don't know. They're not very entertaining, are they? <laughs> Daily Mirror this morning. Help Bradley triumph by wearing his lucky sideburns. I should be seeing those live today. So looking forward to it. I've got to go. Lynn phoned me last night and she said, uh, So tomorrow... I thought, oh, what does she want? You know, when somebody says that, so tomorrow, you immediately think, perhaps I've arranged something and I've forgotten about it. But as we've done the, the men's cycling race and we've done the women's cycling race, we have to do the time trials. So we shall go out there. We'll have to take sandwiches, I think. Although bas- she doesn't eat anything. She's one of these people who doesn't eat anything at all. And so I'm looking forward to the time trials later on today. And it would be nice, would it not, if we managed to get a... Please, let us have a gold. Come on, if there is a gold, you know, we've, 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 we've done well. We've set up the Olympics. We've been nice to people. We've been nice to sort of foreign people coming over here. We've given them hospitality. You know, we've, we've let them meet members of the royal family. We've done all sorts of nice things. We've given them some dreadful English food. I'm so sorry about that. If you are a person who's come in for the Olympics, I'm sorry our food is bad is bad. But if you could see your way clear to just going a little bit slower to give the English people a chance to catch up, because remember, we eat a lot of kebabs, and we have a lot of Kentucky Fried Chicken, and a lot of that very fattening McDonald's stuff. So if you could just run a little bit slower, or failing that fall over a few times, that would be quite helpful. Especially in the time trials today, if a few of you cyclists from overseas could fall over and let Bradley have a little bit of glory, okay? You know, it's only fair. It's only fair. And then I promise you, I promise you, we'll be really nice to you and we'll let you have a few more medals. But, but do, you know, come on, play, play the game, for goodness sake. It's give and take. I see that the uh, Mirror today have published exactly the same pictures that the Mail published the other day, the little kids in China. They've obviously come out from an agency. And uh, they say, is this how the Chinese do it? They've got little kids of about two or three. 
learning to be supple. And I, I said this to a friend of mine yesterday. I said that the Chinese are very committed to doing it. She said, yes, but why would you want to do that? I said, because they're, because they're, they're proud of their achievement. She said, but they're bullied into doing it. I said, well, yeah, but you have to bully people into doing things. Otherwise, if you let people do their own devices, we wouldn't have them. And we might as well just let them do drugs at the Olympic Games. And we could have the drug games. And that way, you know, it depends who took the most enhancing drugs as to actually who got there first. And that way you wouldn't have to worry about sort of wasting time on people testing people or, or quizzing swimmers. I'm sorry, have you taken any drugs? No. Are you sure? Of course I'm sure. I'm just a better swimmer than any of your lot. David Beckham is droning on as usual, I'm afraid. It's David, I love the publicity. He's done an interview with the Squire magazine. And he says, what you see, that's me. I don't try to hide anything. There's nothing to hide. And he talks about going out for dinner once a week with Posh. Well, I say going out for dinner. I think she sits in the car in the car park and he goes inside and stuffs his face. And it's about, you know, him in his pants and all the... It's, it's just, it's a posy, posy story. OK, you've had the, you've had the publicity and uh, enough already. Enough already. Uh, plus here, the Holiday Inn... Make the papers today accused of price fixing. The Office of Fair Trading claim Expedia and Booking.com struck a deal with Intercontinental Hotels Group to limit discounts. I mean, I suppose it could happen. I suppose it could happen. You don't want to offer people discounts, but it's the same as going to Vegas. I read a very good online website about going to Vegas and saying that if you go to certain hotels, if you, um, you go up to the hotel desk, you say, I'm looking for a, a room for tonight and you're holding a $20 bill... Certain hotels, some of the big chains, the uh, the concierge will go, let me just have a check, sir. Yes, we have a suite available that we can offer you today for $170 or whatever it happens to be. Because you can get really, really cheap, cheap rooms in Las Vegas. It's the best place to go for negotiating cheap rooms. But most Brits don't do it because we don't haggle. Have you noticed that? We're not very good at haggling. Somebody says to me, do you ever haggle over the price of this? I said, no, I can't be bothered. I just pay for it. But I have seen people before. I remember being in a bar once, and I won't, I won't say from from whence they came, but I've encountered two girls who were haggling over the price of drinks. I'm going £7, and she's going, give you four. I'm going, no, it's seven. Give you five fifty. No, it's seven. What, are you stupid or something? They were haggling over the price. I've, I mean, I've never known anything like it. On the subject of, uh, of gold, uh, when, when you say 26 gold medals, do you mean the ones that are made of chocolate, like the chocolate money? No, that's what we, we were predicting before the Olympic Games started. One of the papers, based on our past experiences, said that we should get, in total, I think it was 61 medals, and 26 of which would be gold. Well, I'm, I'm losing, <laughs> losing the will to live a little bit on this one, because it's no good getting silver. You know, whilst it's very nice for the person to get a medal, at least they've got something, uh, I, I would like to think that we're striving for gold, please. Uh, everybody moaning about yodel. This was the other week when I got a card through the door saying that Yodel had a parcel. Well, trying to get hold of them is worse than trying to get hold of God. I mean, it would be easier to get hold of God than it was to get hold of Yodel. So you sit there waiting at the end of a premium phone line. When eventually you get through, you give them this number and they deny all knowledge of it. And then you think to yourself, I think this is a scam to get money out by calling a premium rate line because all the items that I've ordered have all arrived through. Barbara says, uh, I ordered something from Amazon, which was to be delivered by Yodel, not received by the due date, tracked the parcel and found, according to the Yodel site, it was delivered precisely at 17, 14, 41 on the 23rd of July. Not so, of course. And what's more, no card put through the door. Usual trick, leave the parcel outside the door for me to find, hopefully when I come home. But on this day, I was actually in and can report that at the time they claim the item was delivered, nobody even knocked. 
So now I'm parcel-less. You do get that, don't you? You do get people from some of these delivery companies. They sign it themselves. And then and you go, but I was in. They go, well, he did ring. Well, you can't prove anything. So I, I agree with you that when people say, oh, the, and the parcel was signed for, I would say, show me the signature. And you look at you go, well, who's that? And they go, well, that's the person who signed for your parcel. Well, but who are they? Well, I don't know. I mean, I've signed for people's parcels before. But then I'm, I'm a very, very trustworthy person. Lovely and clear on the road, says Mark the Bailiff. Oh, you'll have no trouble getting the cars back today, will you? No trouble getting the cars back. Um, I have a phobia, phobia of height. Height. I went onto a diving board, says Carl. One flight up and had to crawl off backwards on my hands and knees. Don't worry, I'd be there with you. I also could not climb. I get ill watching the diving when they're there and they stand backwards and their heels are off the... in in mid-air. In mid-air, their heels are off there and they're standing balancing and they flip and and I'm thinking, oh, dear God. It's like watching that man, that Frenchman who climbs up the outside of buildings with his bare hands, no safety net, no rope. And I think, oh, that is madness. And people who do this climbing and they climb up vertical cliff walls with just their fingers... Oh, dear, the most awful thing ever. So I know how you feel on a diving board. I've never been able to even climb a diving board, let alone get, you know, that high that... Oh, I couldn't, it makes me feel ill. My hands have gone quite sweaty thinking about the idea. Anything that involves heights. Parachute. My father was a parachutist, and I'd love to have been a parachute, but unfortunately my, my fear would be that you throw yourself out the plane and you pull the ripcord and nothing happens. That's, that's the fear. The fear is, uh-oh, not so good today, maybe. But then you do have it now so that the, the, the plane can open the parachute for you. You're just sort of linked onto a wire, which is OK. It's always very funny, actually. Uh, Love Claire Balding says, Jeff, good presenter and knowledgeable. She is, isn't she? She's fab. She's fab. Gary Lineker, Jake Humphreys and Matt Baker, yuck. Jake Humphreys is the former children's presenter who started doing motor racing, a more boring sport you'd be hard-pushed to find. And Matt Baker just... Ugh. Just dire. I don't know what he's, what he's best at, really. Sticky back plastic, I suppose. And Gary Lineker just comes over as a bit smarmy to me. But that's the trouble that they've had throughout the whole of this Olympic Games and throughout the whole of the Queen's Jubilee, was people complaining about the presentation. People complaining about the fact that the uh, contributors are not quite up to standard. And it's true, they're not. Anyway, coming up very shortly, it's the news at 6 o'clock here on LBC 97.3. And uh, then the final half an hour, into the, uh, the final home stretch. And uh, nurses at a cash-strapped hospital trust are being used to wash wards after the bosses ran out of money and cut back on the cleaners. News next. On FM, on... Glasses nearly fell off. I was just trying to work out if anybody won the lottery last night. I mean, not that I'm, I'm, I'm sort of inquiring, but it was £119 million. Pounds, and to be honest with you, I'd quite like to know if it's coming my way. Because I, I, I bought some tickets yesterday. I got a bit excited, slightly excited, thinking it's £119 million, And I went to bed. And, you know, you sleep so much better when you pretend you've won £119 million. It's fantastic. I mean, and, and you know, I woke up this morning and I thought, I'm so I've won 119, and I'd convinced myself overnight that I'd won 119 million pounds, and I was debating what to do with it. And I was thinking, do I do a big show? Do I, I don't know what do you do. do you, I mean, obviously you give to charity, you do the, you do those, those kind of things. And then you think, after you bought the house and you bought the car and you bought some clothes, and you've and you've bought some new friends. I mean, what else do you do? The answer is nothing. You just sit there. You can go on holiday. All the time. That's actually quite nice. But there's a limit to how many holidays. There was a lovely cruise that appeared in the paper today, and it was only £12,000. I thought, well, if you want £119 million, 
£12,000 wasn't really anything worth worrying about. And it was one of these, the Orient Express, and then it was a cruise, but it was staying at uh, a fabulous hotel in Lake Garda, a hotel here. And I thought it was 12 nights on this cruise on a a, a fantastic penthouse. And nobody won. Oh, Lord, it's not rolled over till Friday, is it? Oh, goodness. So I now have to buy some Friday tickets, because I only bought th- Tuesday tickets. Nobody won at £119 million. See, it must be nigh on impossible, mustn't it, to win? Although there is that lovely couple. They've started making some um, some donations to charities, which is very good. £138 million on Friday. Oh, £138. Gosh, Lou, what we could do with £138 million? We could we, we could have our own desk. We could have bacon sandwiches delivered every day. <laughs> delivered. None of this walking down the road to get a bacon sarnie. We could have them delivered. Deliver them. Which is going to cost £6. Deliver them. To heck with the cost. £138 million. Oh, dear. Uh, 8.450. Uh, Karen has two phobias. Hairy men and textures of various materials. I d- you see, I love textures of various materials. I love, uh, what do I love? Plush. I love, like, like, plush on teddy bears. And I love velvet. I love velvet. I, I mean, velvet is just, you could wrap yourself in velvet. Velvet and plush. Hairy men, I'm not too sure about. You, you must obviously start going to different clubs. You know, it's no good, <coughs> excuse me, going to clubs where the village people hang around. Because then you are only going to encounter hairy men. Uh, Gary says, I'm off to see the time trials too. Can't wait to cycle up to Hampton Court. Was tempted to watch from Twickenham, but then I'd only see the men's as the women's miss that area around Strawberry Hill. Yes. So you're going to go up to Hampton Court, are you? I'm not sure I can drag Lynn that far. I don't think her legs will make it. Bless her heart. And uh, enjoy the time trials, says little Julie. I'm working. Otherwise, I would be there. Say hello to Neil and Carol. She says, you're making me laugh a lot this morning. I know we're making ourselves laugh a lot, actually. (coughs) I'm feeling quite good because I've decided... That in an effort to lose weight, somebody said to me that if you want to lose weight, stop drinking. And, and I thought, right, I'll stop drinking. And so I've, I've stopped drinking for, for three nights, four nights. And I thought, if I can go sort of... I had a little lapse the other day, but that was only just a little sort of a bedtime drinky-poos. And I thought, if I could manage to go the whole week, I thought... And then somebody said to me the other day, which has kind of inspired me, they said, have you lost weight? Well, of course, I, mean, I glowed. I glowed. I said... Why? They said, you definitely look as though you've lost weight. Ah. Ian and Harlow says it's a rollover, £138 million. Oh, £138 There's that lovely couple, isn't there? I mean, I, I, I don't know them. I'm just assuming they're lovely and they want to leave me money in their will. We've got £160 million. But £138 I wouldn't, I wouldn't sneeze at £138 million. It would be, It would be absolutely wonderful. Uh, my husband and I... Uh, are travelling in New Zealand. Please tell my mum and dad we did a skydive today from 15,000 feet. We're fine, says Sophie and Ori. Well, you would be, otherwise you wouldn't be writing that, would you? If you weren't fine, you'd be in a hospital bed, not able to write. <laughs> um, somebody predicted before the Games we'd be getting 26 golds. Again, it's the uh, the chocolate medals. No, we'd, 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 well, we aren't going to get... We aren't going to get 26 golds now, but we might, might get a few. Uh, drugs in sports, Steve... Says, Luke, I think the Olympic authorities should allow performance-enhancing drugs. Be much more entertaining. What would you rather see? Somebody run 100 metres in 10 seconds or somebody run it in 3 seconds? Yes. I don't know. Uh, Johnny says, why is everybody moaning about our athletes, Steve, and not winning a gold medal? Only £300 million has been invested. Could have spent that on culling pigeons. Oh, would it be wonderful to cull pigeons completely? 
You know, I mean, that really would be something. You know, if you could... I, don't, I think there's quite a lot to spend. Neil says, my oldest daughter, Katie, had a funny happening a couple of years back at the end of the line in Enfield, just as she was about to board a packed rush hour train. Her loose-fitting shoe came off, falling down between the train and the platform. She was so embarrassed. Luckily, a kind young man raced down to the ticket collector guy who came down and, to a round of applause, retrieved the shoe, giving it back to a very red-faced lady. I like that idea. You wouldn't get me doing that. <laughs> I wouldn't go anywhere near there at all. English Steve, it's a British team, said Christine in Bristol. And, um, Steve, there's nothing wrong with British food. Fish and chips, roast beef and all the trimmings. I know, if only you could find it good. If only you could find it good. Uh, you know, out there, because it's generally not. Uh, Steve, maybe we should try reverse psychology with our Olympic athletes. Instead of telling them to get gold, tell them to get bronze. And then they might sort of go for it. It says, looking forward to hearing one of my idols from previous Olympics, your new Olympic correspondent, Roger Black. He was on uh, James Whale's show yesterday. And David Wooding, political editor of The Sun, on Sunday. Enjoy his paper reviews. Well, uh, he's going to be here today. And, uh, and also they're going to be talking to Roger Black, who I used to use on LBC when I did a sports programme some years ago. Roger Black was one of my regular contributors. I know sports programmes, Steve Allen, they don't quite well, uh, they don't, don't quite go together, do they? Uh, Dell says, London hotels are so cheap, me and the partner are treating ourselves to some me time, which is good. Uh, Jan is working at the Olympics with the equestrian, says Neil. Everybody having a nice time. And Peter in Romford says, uh, games bus broken down at Tower Hill, westbound, blocking one lane. Uh, wasps, says Ray. Phobia about wasps. I'm not big with wasps. Bees. I'm quite, when I'm watering the hanging baskets, bees do buzz around a bit, but they, they obviously know that I'm watering the baskets for the flowers to make, you know, so everybody's happy. And generally speaking, that works. So bees leave me alone, but wasps I can't bear. I cannot bear wasps. It's the only thing that drives me absolutely mad. Nick Ferrari this morning, after the news at seven, he's going to be talking about the medal toll. And whether or not we're, we're slow starters. I wish somebody had kick starters at the moment. Plus this young boy stranded in Saudi Arabia after his fear of flying. So they're going to be talking about about fears and uh, and people's phobias and things, because, I mean, he's fine in the morning, he gets up. It's only when he gets to the airport check-in desk that it all goes a bit pear-shaped, and he, he, doesn't, uh, he doesn't, uh, doesn't cope very well, I'm afraid. Uh, Dorm was saying, with Russell Brand, we mentioned earlier on him being given community service for something he did a while back in March. Apparently he grabbed a photographer's iPhone and threw it through a window. Now, it's a very silly thing to do, but I bet the photographer wasn't completely innocent, says Dawn. He probably provoked him into doing that. I know what some photographers are like. Yes, I mean, I do too. But even so, you have to, unfortunately, hold back. That's why he's been given the community service and the, and the fine to pay for the, uh, to pay for the iPhone. Because, but we, it, the only question was, we were asking people, what is, what is community service? What do you have to do? Is it weeding? Is it sweeping pavements? Nobody knows. LBC 97. Isn't it funny how nobody's ever thought of bringing back Yuri Geller for the Olympic Games? Because Yuri, before, when, when he was uh, at the height of his fame, he used to talk about bend, 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 it like Beckham. And, and perhaps we could do the same for the gold medals. I'm surprised that the papers haven't contacted him to say, listen, can we all concentrate at a particular time today? Can we all concentrate and try and sort of will ourselves a gold medal in the, in the time trials? I mean, that, that would be nice, wouldn't it? I'm hoping we're going to get a gold today. I don't want to sit here tomorrow morning and have to say I'm terribly sorry, but we didn't get a gold. It didn't work. Uh, it was very funny. One of the papers is talking about fakes today, fake goods. And it turns out that the Egyptian Olympic team turned up with fake tops. 
their tops were fake. And they also had, um, uh, on their kit bags, it was Adidas, but they had somebody else's zippers on there. It was all a bit of an embarrassment, I'm afraid. Uh, according to papers today, heartbroken Robert Pattinson wants to meet the wife of the man who had a fling with his girlfriend. He wants to sit down with Liberty Ross to test... Kristen's claims that she and film director Robert Sanders are just a momentary indiscretion. He fears the affair went on for months. Oh, don't tell me you're thinking of taking her back, Robert. Oh, it doesn't matter. Listen, the fact she, she cheated. If somebody cheats, I'm sorry, out. Out, 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 out. And then Anthea Turner, according to friends, say it's very unlikely we'll take back Grant Bovey. Oh, who cares? Who cares? The world's most boring couple, I'm afraid, ladies and gentlemen. And witnesses spotted him with a millionaire's daughter. He's 50 and she was 24. An onlooker said, I recognised him from his wedding photos. Well, I'd be hard pushed to know who he was. He could walk into this studio now and I'd go, I'm sorry, who are you? Go, I'm Grant Bovey. Doesn't mean anything at all, I'm afraid. But uh, the relationship ran into difficulties when his uh, firm folded and he was made bankrupt with £50 million worth of debts and they had to downsize. It all went a bit pear-shaped, I'm afraid, for poor Anthea Turner struggling, living in a £5 million house now. I mean, oh, that we should all struggle like that. I'm praying to God that I also go bankrupt and can struggle. How do you think if you go bankrupt, God gives you a £5 million house? It would be quite nice, isn't it? And perhaps, perhaps Anthea could come and help fold my towels. I still can't work out, though. You know, she's had a row with him and said, this has happened, and he said, no, it didn't. And yet he's left the house. Grant, if you're a man, you go back in the house, you take this girl with you and you go, we're in the end bedroom, OK? Want to make something of it, Anthea? Take it to court. All right, end of story. And that way we don't have this meandering, sort of, you know, shilly-shallying through the newspapers, you know, him going off for lunch with one of his daughters. Her, You know, the next thing, she'll be seen at the airport, you know, with dark glasses on and a handkerchief clutched to her face. You know, as she sort of, leave me alone, I want my privacy kind of thing. And you think, listen, Grant, walk back into the house, mate. It's your house. Why should you have to sit in a hotel living out of a suitcase? I don't understand that at all. If, if you're as innocent as you say you are, then do it. Then just do it. Um, oh, blimey, there's a bloke here. I cannot understand why people go fishing. Ever so sorry, I'm not, I'm not a fisher person. My brother goes fishing, but this bloke has bought, uh, has, has lifted a, it's a freshwater catch. It's uh, a Wells catfish at a lake near Southminster, he said, I know it's fairly big, and this thing is seven feet, ten stone, four pounds. It's absolutely enormous. I didn't know fish like this existed in waters. It made me feel somewhat queasy, I'm afraid. Not very good in those sort of things. And uh, looking at the, uh, the league table, this is, uh, this is Mr Phelps, Michael Phelps, climbing out of the pool. And if he was a country, he would be 57th in the all-time league table table. I mean, he's just done really well at Athens, in Beijing and in London. London only got two silvers and a gold, but uh, most of it has been gold. In fact, at Beijing it was gold all the way through. Fantastic. So, uh, well done. Well done. Even Mark Foster has said here, the numbers now say Michael Phelps is the greatest Olympian of all times, and on this occasion the statistics don't lie. They say here, he says, it's obvious that Phelps is not the swimmer he was when he won eight golds in Beijing or when he got his first six in Athens. Finishing second in the butterfly last night, an event he has dominated completely and been unbeaten since 2001, just showed he's no longer an amazing swimmer, just a very good one who doesn't get it spot on anymore. Still done well, though, hasn't he? I mean, I see that as a bit of a put-down, I'm afraid, for the poor bloke. Uh, Daily Mail on the front page, can somebody... Uh, be right to arrest somebody else for a Twitter insult. They say the police are getting uh, all sorts of problems with, with Twitter. 
and uh, and people. As I say, I've, I've always said to somebody, if you get anything abusive, if something is ever sent to you at home, or you've been picked on in any way, you go to the police immediately, you know, and let them let them sort it out. I know they don't want to do it, but uh, there are laws, and you are protected. Merle says, if I have the figures correctly. The Olympic Games have cost over £8 billion, taking sponsors' contribution into account, and the government are anticipating a £13 billion payback as a result. That should mean that there's enough left over for the great London taxpayers to get a refund on their contributions. I should hope so too. I must mention down at uh, Twickenham, the Eel Pie Club goes stronger. And uh, today they've got Wednesday, the 1st of August... The special Armadillo Blues, the award-winning three-piece power blues band from Sweden. Details on eelpieclub.com. OK, good luck with uh, everybody there. Um, and uh, well done to Transport for London. They're very good. Their publicity department send out uh, things every day, telling you where it's, where it's busy, where it's not busy, how well you've done. And they say, uh, well done to everybody. But this is the travel information today. They do have... Uh, a lot of travel on getaheadofthegames.com. OK, you can find a lot of details on there. <coughs> oh, sorry. <coughs> Blimey. First time we've had dust in the studio. <coughs> Could be another one. January 3. Any more than that, and it's, it's influenza, I'm afraid. And don't forget the Olympic road cycling time trials, starting and finishing at Hampton Court Palace via East Molesey, West Molesey, Thames Ditton, Isha, Whiteley Village, Hinchley Wood, Surbiton, Kingston, Hampton Wick and Teddington. Now, that will affect roads around Hampton Court and Surrey. There are road closures and restrictions along the race route, which will be put in place from 05.30, and it'll be taken off early evening when it's safe to reopen. And the following games venues are in operation. Earl's Court, Excel, Horse Guards Parade, Lord's Cricket Ground, North Greenwich Arena, Olympic Park, Royal Artillery Barracks, Barracks, Wembley Arena, Wembley Stadium and Wimbledon. Okay, all of those, courtesy of Transport for London. And if you want to know exactly how good or bad the traffic is, then you have to stay tuned to LBC 97.3. We'll keep you up to date. Uh, Well done to a woman, a woman no less, they tell us, who has just won the latest premium bond, and she's got a million pounds. Uh, I have to tell you that the the trick to winning a million pounds on the premium bonds is to make sure that you've got minimum £20,000 investment. Because it seems to me, looking back through all the winners over the years that 90% of the winners have got more than £20,000. She held £30,000 worth of uh, of bonds, and she's opted to remain anonymous. But she's got herself a million pounds, so well done there. As indeed of all the people, I haven't seen anybody come forward to the papers saying they want a million pounds with the National Lottery. But as we've now got another rollover, that means that uh, it's £138 million this coming Friday. Whew, blimey. Um, I, uh, go and see a hypnotherapist, says Sue in Radlett. I had a, I had a phobia, went to see a hypnotherapist and it changed my life. Good. Uh, talk to your presenters. I think I'm in love with Mark Foster, says Bridget. I've suddenly become very interested in swimming. There's a little bit too much of this going on this morning, lady. We don't have any of that kind of talk, this smutty talk on the programme. Thank you very much indeed. A lot of other people around. I've noticed a few, few, few people on the news desk upstairs taking an interest in people doing swimming and stuff like that. Because it's the only time, you know, unless you've been on holiday to Russia, you see men in a pair of Speedos that they actually fill out. Uh, John says, uh, the Olympic gold medal 
Is it just over 1% gold? I don't know. Who knows? Listen, as long as we get one, I don't really care, I'm afraid. Uh, apparently, community service, says Jessica, in America means something different. You could be helping out in an animal shelter, picking up garbage, working in a food pantry for the needy. Basically, the courts have several places set up just for community service. It's a little more than a slap on the wrist. Well, see, we don't have things like that. We don't have animal shelters and, uh, and picking up garbage or working in a food pantry. We don't have things like that, so... I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm determined to find out by the time we get to tomorrow. And uh, just to make sure, actually, just to make sure that whatever community service somebody gets is absolutely, you know, the best. The best to actually make them work, I think. Sadly, no more time on the programme this morning. Uh, on the front of the sun, going for Wig Gold. This is Mr Wiggins. I hope we get it, actually. And they've said you can cut out your old side burns as well and uh, where them the telegraph keep calm and carry on we're only one medal short of what we should have at this stage british officials insist as fans await first gold i mean it's almost like waiting for a train isn't it the times this is their london souvenir edition it's very good actually and michael phelps 19 medals he's got and the independent uh, ministers plot to end civil service neutrality plus the medals that made history and can Wiggins strike cycling gold I sincerely hope so we'll all be out there cheering today because it's the time trials just check the uh, the website for more details have yourself a great day it's going to rain a little bit later on but uh, we should be so in fact just as the time trials start I think that's when the uh, the weather changes a little bit I'm back with you tomorrow morning between 4 and 6.30 have a great day and if you go to the LBC website, you can download the free podcast at around 7 o'clock, which is our showbiz annihilation, as we tend to call it. And then later on, we'll have the, the proper podcast. Nick and the team with you after the news at 7. I'm Steve Allen, back tomorrow morning, but next on LBC 97.3, the morning news with Susan Bookbinder. LBC 97.3.